Hey everyone, welcome to Rewind the Love, a podcast about the best ever in reality television, recapping shows like Charm School, Flavor of Love, Rock of Love, and all the great celebrity shows that you love. I am Mike. And I'm Sonia. And we're, oh God, I don't have a, I don't have a transition. So here we are. Hi, everybody. It's, that's okay. <laughs> we're just, we're here. We're ready to continue Charm School. You know that I'm back because I'm back at doing horrible intros. So not horrible. I don't know. Whatever. It's... It's a natural uh, way into it. It's okay. Yeah. So this is a good one. I'm really excited about this episode, honestly, for a variety of reasons. Yes. Like the episode of Charm School, but also the episode that we're recording. Uh, we'll start with the basics. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell friends who don't suck. Five stars. Five stars would yeah. be ideal. Side note, like a huge thing we did during my depressive episode that caused us to have that big break uh we hit ten thousand downloads Woo. so that was fucking awesome thank you everybody who listened and continues to listen yes. and tells friends and has just been so awesomely supportive we just did this for shits and gigs and hoped that it would turn into something fun and it has it been fun. it's been a lot of fun uh, that number's nuts. 10,000. I know. Cool. 10,000 downloads. That's really fucking awesome. Um, we're actually closer to 12 now, but we hit 10,000 during That's, that right. time. Even I know. More. I love it. I would say part of the reason for that happens to be due to the guest that we have today, I would say. She was the first person who ever reached out to us who was outside of our immediate friends and family who yes. was like, oh my God, I actually love your show shouted us out on all her socials i we were like who is she and why does she love us so much we're so honored like you it was like the biggest honor of our lives so we have with us super fan super awesome lady danielle hi hello side note i want to give i want to give your your project <laughs> a plug so we have to shout out that she's the owner of vintage clothing online vintage store golden trash if you don't follow golden trash you're fucking up like she finds the coolest shit i'm amazed like i i love golden trash damn thanks girl yeah we uh specialize in things from the 60s to y2k i like to say that it's like sustainable chic and super unique so love it (laughs) absolutely love it and just like the the you find the coolest stuff and you also look fabulous in it because you're modeling all of the stuff and i'm like this is a bullshit how does she look good at everything like <laughs> girl no you don't see my face and i have to like contort my body into really weird ways where my face basically looks like i'm like trying to take it and that's why i can't like show my face in any of those model pictures so but thank you so much that's very kind but your body your body looks snatched uh but again thank you for joining us uh thank you for being such a huge part of this journey uh i'm we, so excited we we love you and we're so happy to have you here and especially so to get into a little bit of the story of how you appeared on this episode in particular was you had well we had been in touch anyway obviously but we were talking about what was it uh queen bees which i had brought up last mm-hmm. week as I was taking notes for the episode that we're recording right now, and I was like, who better to guest on an episode talking about fashions than Danielle? So I'm glad we could make this work. I am so honored. Like, I low-key feel like I'm, like, living my Project Runway uh, guest judge fantasy life. (laughs) I mean, I do. It's what you guys said. I've followed you guys for a long time. And just, like, a little tidbit on how I found you guys. 
I um I fucking live for pop culture and I wanted to find a podcast mm-hmm. that was I was like, I know there's like a flavor of love podcast because I rewatch all those shows mostly like once a year to regain power in my center soul. I feel like I need to. (laughs) Yes. So I reached, I like found you guys and I was just like, damn, this is it. And that's just how I found you guys. And I like fell in love. I love that you guys are a couple. I love your rapport. I'm sorry. I need a fangirl for a minute. And just Aww. like the conversation so progressive and all I wanted, really, this was the main part that I really loved you guys was that you were looking at it through a 2019 now 2020 like lens. And that's kind of how I feel like we should always be viewing our past media is looking at it through the now progressive lens and looking at those intersections. And you guys were talking about that. And it was like fucking hilarious. Thank you. Oh, that's all we that's all we strive to do. Listen, just because like it's it's hard to look at this stuff and if you're not looking at it like, would this fly today? Why is this a problem? Like well, I don't know. Five percent of the time, no, it would not fly today. No, I know, yeah. but some of this stuff where it's like, hmm, these are tropes that we're still working through today, or even now, like especially with this episode in particular, it's like this was how many years ago this was like almost 13 years ago this the, the charm school yeah. yeah it was like 13 years ago and like how far we've come in several areas like in terms of you know sex worker shaming and uh well sort of and uh you know it, fat shaming in particular because well, yeah. this episode whew. well strippers appropriation. but wait hold Stripping on sex work they're not of course performing stri- sexual acts it, you don't think taking your clothes naked. off is a sexual act? Well, it's not. There's no like oral sex or penetration. I, I'm aware of that. Isn't that sex work? Then what? No, I don't. Okay, I don't. You don't think a lap dance is a sexual act? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Falls under the category of sex worker. Protect yeah. the sex workers. Strippers yes. are in that exactly exactly i, I learned something new every look day. at that that's it's what this show does it's taught me so much i know and i was gonna say this is this is gonna be an especially confusing i'm like that little you. yodeler dude from uh what is it the price is right but i never go over the edge it's always right there what? i'm climbing i don't know <laughs> the <laughs> whitest crazy <laughs> whitest references <laughs> that's, yes that's that's mike yeah um <laughs> So yeah, my first... ancestor DNA just came back again. Yeah. Of Great. And she, you just took a 100. DNA test. Turns out <laughs> you're hundred percent I... that white. <laughs> Actually, oh, well, perfect segue. I was yeah. Yeah, well, hold on, we've got a couple segues. We've got Uh-oh. it. We've got something first. It will come back oddly enough to Lizzo eventually, but and sex work. Uh, so the first piece is that we have a new joiner a new adopter of instagram megan hauserman from not only rock of love but megan wants a millionaire has now joined instagram and she's been very sweet i have to say the rock of love girls we've been in touch with so far have all been very nice so so far it was megan and lacy lacy was one of the first people who i i'm gonna be honest i did not expect to like her as much as i do and uh jessica kinney who still looks basically exactly the same she likes our stuff all the time she's the she's a sweetheart she's the short pink haired one no you're thinking of jess with one s this is jessica she was blonde and also very pretty but yeah no they've all been super nice uh shout out to oh and hotlanta 
not Rock of Love, but I know, but I was just out. I was saying specifically the Rock of Love. Shout out to at 2000s Reality TV on Instagram for being the one to break the story. But yeah, no, Megan's been great. So welcome. Waiting. Uh, right. I know we have been waiting. Uh, <laughs> We've been waiting for you, Megan. <laughs> right. I know. Welcome. Welcome. We're, we're so happy to have you here. Uh, not that I would expect you to listen to this, but sure. Well, if so, shout out. Yeah. And I guess like more pressingly and more relevant to this episode for a variety of reasons. I'm so glad you brought this back up, Danielle, right before we started recording. So Miss Courtney, a.k.a. Goldie, took to Instagram with some interesting views about Lizzo. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's that's the best way to kind of sum it up, right? So basically, like, the gist of what she was saying was that she did not agree with Lizzo going onto Instagram and kind of having videos of her twerking and her kind of doing, I guess, sexualized things in Courtney's mind. And she said, you know, why do you have to do all these stripper-like things? You're such an amazing entertainer. You don't have to get, like, that attention from doing these things because you already have the right attention. There's a lot to unpack here, Goldie. Yeah. Why, why are we doing this? Why do yeah. you want this this? First of all, like my initial thought watching the video, and I know that she is like not that much older than us, but literally I was just like, okay, boomer. Like, you know what right? I mean? Like, first of all, you're madly. Like, we love you. I just want to start out by saying, if you happen to be listening to this, Courtney, we do love you. And oh my if- God, forever. <laughs> But I think like, you triggered your phone. Doing I know. That. It said I, like you say, "Okay, Google." Oh, <laughs> you said that. My phone. My phone, phone like, thought I was calling. Oh it. shit! No, mine's going. <laughs> Technology. Um. So, first, it was like, "You're already mad late." Like this discussion about Lizzo's bare ass has been in the media and like was a huge story like months ago. So you're already kind of behind the curve in participating. Wait, that's when this is from? No, this is a new video. She posted it like a couple days ago, a day or two ago. Valentine's Day thing. Yeah, yeah. It was a reference to Lizzo's Valentine's Day post, which she already started out by being. Well, she did that thing where she was like, "I just want to say I have so much respect to you. Like, I think she's incredible," which is never a good start. Not that we. It's like when you say, "Like, listen." I'm not I'm not racist, but Yeah, she basically did I'm not racist, but and she did like she was like, you know, first she was talking about like her side like whatever she said, her side dude, her fuck buddy, like something like that. Like she made some weird like she made aggressive yeah, she made fun of Lizzo's caption, which I'm like, okay, not cute, but carry right. on. <laughs> like if she wants to fuck, let her fuck. Like it's twenty twenty. Like I'm sorry. She's hundred percent the- that bitch. We didn't need to be in the, like, covenant of marriage to be fucking out here anymore. But, like, on top of that, she's then, like, Danielle said she's doing all this stuff where she's, like, I, if that's your only way to, that was the part that really bugged me, where she's, like, if that was your only way to make money, I would understand. But, like, you're so much more talented than that. You don't have to resort to that kind of thing. And then, Uh... like, didn't really have a point so just kind of ended the video by going like um yeah so that's like what i have to say and it's like come on you're a stripper you're you're not talented that's the like she only is she only 
only respects you if you're a stripper if it's like the last resort of your whole life which is like so shitty because I don't even know why she did it I didn't know that her Instagram or that she did those types of things on her Instagram so to me I hate saying this and it sounds a little shady but it sounds like she's trying to get a little bit of attention on hopping onto like the shame Lizzo train and I'm like girl you're not doing yourself any favors like I am 100% positive that your followers probably are huge Lizzo stands. Yes. Easily. Like the crossover is probably, like the Venn diagram is probably almost two overlapping circles. Or, you know, there's probably an aspect of like respectability politics in there. And you can honestly kind of see that creeping in to the episode in question where like as much as we have hyped up Courtney this whole time as being this you know oh she's so sweet she's so lovable she's everybody's friend every once in a while these views kind of seep in in a way that's just like oh we thought you were better than this we thought you were nicer than this what are you doing but doesn't it also seem like that instagram video is almost kind of her having a talking head on one of the shows it it certainly is. She's I trying think, to create controversy to make herself. Get, well, that's what Danielle is saying. Yeah, I, yeah. I just feel like a lot, and it's kind of weird that Megan's back right now. And don't get me wrong, I'm living for this, but 2000s like reality is semi having a moment right now. So everyone's hopping yeah. on that train. Like Lacey and Heather have their podcast, which I love. Right. I'm so happy they're doing it. Like I'm yeah. not dissing this movement because no, I'm not at all. Listen, we hope to benefit from this movement. (laughs) We started this. We're going to be like what, you know, like all these true crime things were. You know what I mean? True crime is like, I don't know. It's still having its moment. But when nostalgia TV reviews want to come up, like, let us be the My Favorite Murder. Let us be the, you know, the last podcast on the left of that. (laughs) Or if VH1 comes out again with the whole, like, I love the 2000s kind of stuff, but now they're like, I love reality love shows Let or that be my Call fucking... us and we'll be, like, the two they interview. From your lips to, like, Beyonce's ears, like, let that be a thing that happens. But anyway, I, yeah, this was, like, disappointing, but certainly discussion-worthy. And, you know, I'm just glad that, I don't know. I'm glad I have somebody to discuss it with, I guess is the point. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's unfortunate. But I mean, on the bright side, it does tie in pretty well with the episode in question. Oh, yeah. So, Mike, if you want to do it up. that episode is Charm School Season 1, Episode 3, titled Big Titty Girl No-No. Big Titty Girl No-No. There you go. <laughs> I think it's funny. Big Titty Excellent. Girl Yes, Yes. All right, chill. <laughs> That's what I say. Um, but we open the episode in the morning with Monique saying today is all about style. Yeah, uh, she lets them know that it's time for lesson number four. Thou shall work with what thou art working with. I feel like that is better written out than it is easy to say. Like somebody wrote it and hadn't said it out loud. Because... I wrote it down and had to, re- I had to go back and like listen to it three times just so I could... <laughs> Sure. Even with the subtitles on, because the subtitles fucked it up, and I was like, "Okay, girl, thank you." Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Even like, they couldn't yeah. get it right. No, <laughs> no, I know. Hulu. Side note: I forgot to mention that that it is while they took it off Amazon Prime Bastards. and Tubi, it is still on Hulu. Yes. So, 
worth the worth the purchase for that and for Golden Girls. Uh, and so, for yes, of course, and, and for oh Golden Girls. God. And uh, so picture it, Sicily. They have, we have <laughs> one hour to get ready, and uh, she tells them to dress to impress our girl Courtney. Uh, isn't sure who they're supposed to be impressing. It could be the president, which it's like, why? What would George W. Bush be doing on the show? That's what I was thinking. I was like, that was the Bush error. And then she goes, or Jay-Z. And I'm like, maybe George Bush and Jay-Z are coming together. Yeah, no, totally plausible. W and Z. (laughs) Anyway. I don't know. (laughs) This is rap rap gimmick. Obviously, uh, Shatar fashionista in her own mind and nowhere else on the planet uh is in a tizzy and she's like do i do business couture or evening couture and evening in the middle of the afternoon for to dress to impress i I think it's really important that we go ahead and get this out of the way early and give the definition of what couture really is and i haven't written down that please okay oh i need this i have no idea (laughs) And the definition of couture is design and manufacture of fashionable clothes to a client's specific requirements and measurements. Couture is always handmade. And then there's a more fashionable couture called haute couture, which is custom. It's still custom fitted and it's high fashion. So the main things about couture is that it's super high fashion. It's super great materials and that it's custom fitted. And looking at Shatar's things, they don't seem like they're custom fitted. They no. look like they are from yes. like Saks off fifth. And this is no shade. Like this is not to shade any of that. Like it's all I wouldn't doubt that it's actually labels, but like Girl, I you're, think probably... you're, giving her, you're giving her credit to say Saks off fifth. I think she shopped <laughs> at like, which isn't any problem. I shopped at Deb, but she's just like, no, Saks off fifth. What? <laughs> I felt like being kind. I don't know. Everything was ugly in the 2000s, though. Like, it's true. I forgot how bad until Becky is like a perfect example. We'll get to that in like a couple minutes. But it was like, that really was how we all were dressing during that time. I remember being like so sad that I couldn't pull off a fedora. Like, how stupid is that of a thought to have? Oh, my God. It's like, think about how stupid it is that people out there still think that they can pull off a fedora. (sighs) Oh. Oh my goodness! What a time! I want to try one now. Don't no, because then you'll look like like Milady. Who? Milady. Oh my God! Come on. Crystal in her million soundbite, like first of million soundbites, this episode about how she doesn't want the attention to be on her as she continues to go on and on about she how she doesn't want the attention. She's like, oh, I kind of want to be toned down because like they're expecting me to wear like lime green with rhinestones and a sign that says look over here. And it's like, I don't people aren't thinking about you that much. Like, it's like when we told her last week to um because obviously I listen to your guys' pod and I've watched this so many times that I remember it pretty well. But it's like, you're always talking about yourself. And even when she's like, I'm trying really hard to like not think about myself, she's still talking and thinking about only herself. That's the part where she'll go on and on saying like, I'm trying to be a better person and I'm, I don't really want the attention on me. And like, I'm trying to be really thoughtful. And it's like, do you not like what? What's not clicking? What's not clicking? When she talks, it reminds me of the scene from 10 Things I Hate About You where Julia Stiles is like, as opposed to playing it, look at me, look at me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so she reminds us that she was one of 
the three people in the hot seat, which I was thinking, well, we'll, we'll talk about it at the end. But uh, so she does want to go with something simple that shows Monique that she's listening, but they do that talking head voiceover while she's like twerking, which she's done in every episode so far. Pretty like much. she's found an excuse to like shake her ass just while they're all getting ready in every episode so far. She probably just does it every day, and the yeah. editors are like, you know what? Screw it. Let's put it in. Yeah. So we see. I it's very male gazey this show, like way more than I would think that it would be. Oh, it well, totally you- is. I mean, and it's like what you said a couple. I don't know if you said it last episode or a couple episodes ago, but it's like it's definitely a female audience watching this. Yeah, but yeah, we're still getting like pushed in the face with a lot of vagina. How many times? How many times during the course of this episode they go to that flashback of Layleen during the Five Senses challenge from Flavor of Love? Like, who are you doing this for? They need to pull in the male audience. Plus, there's they also the guys though. that are watching with their girlfriends. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be fucking whatever. honest. They really don't need the male audience. It builds like, the numbers. It means more money. No, but I'm saying that as somebody who watches a lot of reality TV currently, you don't see any of this on Housewives. You don't see this on Housewives. You don't see, I mean, I can't say There's a the big difference between this How and is real there... Housewives. Really? I think this it's is a... the difference of like producers. I think the producers really look at the girls of Flavor of Love and Charm School and things like that as like, they're nothing to them. And I hate yeah. saying it like that, but like yes. the yeah. producers look at these girls and it's like, these are just like wannabes that they found on the street to be on this show. And they don't care about like exploiting them. I think like they have no quips and they just want to take yeah. it to all the lengths to do it. And I think that's really sad, but I, I still watched it and I want all those girls to succeed. <laughs> no, I mean, don't get me wrong. This is all fantastic. I just like, I think the biggest surprise to me was how... I think, Mike, you're thinking of it, like, obviously as a cishet man who watches this kind of stuff. I mean, you did watch it on your own, but now especially you're watching it with your, you know, cishet female partner who's, like, you know, I guess sort of the idea in your head that stuff should, not to shame you, but that the idea that stuff should still cater to you when it's not intended for you. That's not what I'm saying. I know that's not what you're saying. They're not making the real housewives woman. Like, they're not editing cuts where it's like, hey, look at the boobs. Look at her twerking. Like, let's do Yeah, but, like, that's that's my point. Is like, they don't need to do that here. It was a time where they were still building on the reality train. Where, like, I Love New York, they wanted to be You're tripping. The reality train been built. The reason why this show exists. They wanted to bring in more viewers. It's just what they do. And sex still sold at this time. That means sex. Time is, yeah. Anyway, so. Sex always sells, I know. Speaking of. At this time, it was more, I guess, socially acceptable. Does that make sense? I mean, I guess. It's like. It was more flagrant. I think, like Danielle said, they just like thought of these women as lower quality. Like they could exploit them in this way. And that these women probably had it in their head, like. Sex, like being sexual, will be the thing that It'll gets lead me to more attention. This. I'll be yeah. in maximum. I'll yeah, it was obviously before kind of like the bad press of reality TV fame so much and things like that. Like pre Instagram, things weren't super into it. So I think it was pushing every day to the limits. Yeah, and I think that I was thinking about it actually. Now that you mentioned Maxim, that like, because I we've talked before on the show about how we kind of didn't really remember what the goal was for these people because this was like a pre, like I mean, obviously these people were probably trying to get more friends on MySpace, but that wasn't really like panning out into anything except 
if you're Tila Tequila. But like now that I'm thinking back on it, probably being in the max in Maxim was like the goal. Like that was modeling. Like that was what if you couldn't be like a high fashion model, like if you, if you were a hot girl, like I saw a tweet from Chrissy Teigen, how many times she submitted herself to be hometown hottie and things like that, where it's like, that was the goal during that time. Well, she like, ended up a pretty successful Sports Illustrated model. Yeah. 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 I mean, she did fine, obviously, but you yeah, know, so, yeah. Yeah. it's like a time where like video girls were kind of more popular yes. and like the, mm -hmm. the like goal of going to this show was like, those girls probably got invited to go to a shit ton of parties. They probably got to go VIP into all those cool ass clubs. Like they yeah. probably got to completely do like, they were like, that's like amazing. Yeah. Right. I, uh, I don't know. I think that was probably a big driving key too. And once again, I'm pretty sure like I learned this from you guys, but wasn't like Tiffany Haddish was almost on flavor of love. Yes. I think, I don't know if we discussed that. Oh no, we didn't discuss that. That was on, one of the other shows that did come up. Oh but God, she, so sorry. So, no, 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 no. We should have, we should have talked about yeah. it before now that Tiffany Haddish said that she like auditioned before she knew who she, she claims. She claims that before she knew who it was, she went to an audition for VH1 who was like, okay, we're casting this reality dating show for a famous rapper. And she was like, sure, sign me up. Like, this sounds fun. And then once she claims that once she found out it was Flavor Flav, she was like, mm, never mind. Wow. And, and it's really crazy to think about to look at like New York, Tiffany Pollard, and then to look at Tiffany Haddish and to see like these different careers that could have been so similar. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, well, to be honest, there's a good chance that Tiffany Haddish could have just been another one of these like, aha, like, look at all the memes that we have of her from this show and then like that's the yeah. extent of it you know it, ah, but they could have had imagine her spinoff no thank god, thank god she didn't do it because like obviously i feel like nobody would have taken her seriously and i think that's, that's why a lot of those girls probably didn't get like, like a big like comeback of a career or something off the right. show because no one was taking it seriously I mean, so I, New York's the only one, really, right? Well, I mean, Hoops dated a couple of I would pretty say famous people. New York is obviously like top tier, like what the goal was. Like, I think she yeah. exceeded what any of them, herself included, probably had imagined for her career. Yeah. But yeah, like, it kind of zooms into it. It's like a different type of celebrity. Like, that's like her. There's not a lot of people that can do that. There can't be a lot of those. And mm -hmm. I don't, like, I don't think, in terms of like reality TV icons, I don't think that there's. I'm trying to think like who is kind of on that level, but still like maintains a relevance. Like, I don't know. In terms of like reality TV icons, like, I don't know why my brain first went to like God Warrior. But, like, <laughs> you know, we don't know where that lady is. What is God Warrior? Oh, it's from, uh, um, from Trading Spaces. What is like, that's dork sided. The Trading Spouses and Wife Swap. Yeah, you, yes, you do. You do know this. Is she the devil? That, like, she was the real Christian lady? Yes, she yeah. was like... Okay. Oh, yeah. now God Warrior. That makes yeah, sense God, now. I have a God oh my Warrior. God. Um, like, I'm trying to think, like, who else is on New York's level? And really, there is nobody. I mean, the rest of... A lot of these other ladies kind of either chose obscurity or being, you well, know, that, that Instagram... Yeah. But then, oh, well, which side note for anybody who didn't see on Twitter, one of the ladies from season two of Flavor of Love, I was watching a random documentary about like child sex abuse. Don't ask. I just, I watch a lot of true crime shit. And uh, yeah, one of the like 
women who was interviewed as part of like a therapy group of for victims was from was on season two of Flavor of Love. Who? Uh, her name was Wire. I think. The oh my God, it was Wire. Yeah, it was that like, super blonde, like crazy yeah, hair. She yep, <laughs> came out during like Flav was playing piano. Yeah, that oh she was like God. she wanted to uh, right, like she wanted to make super dark babies or something like oh. that. And yeah, so like, and it's it was this is like so far from the point, but it was one of those things where like I had that moment where I was like, I mean, you know that a lot of these people probably got to this as a result of like trauma. Like, you know, like, what happened to these women that they would make these kinds of choices, but, like, to see it, like, to have that confirmation was, like, real dark. You know? No pun intended. Like, it was... It oh, was my real, God. <laughs> real, real dark, dot, 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 babies. <laughs> like, if, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so... So, Safari uh, comes out of the bathroom in this strappy kind of sundress thing, and with her areola's blurred and becky's like make sure that nipple stays in it's the the part part is, now that's right <laughs> or that's what she's like it's the dog part and it's like still still nipple yeah uh <laughs> so she says in a talking head uh thou shalt work with what thou working with and i'm working with these She's a she's a character that her one. boobs are gigantic. Side note: she speaking of uh, transitioning into a post uh, reality show life, she has her own line of lip chap. Yeah. Oh, good for her. Yeah, the fiery's lip chap. It looks like like the EOS. Is she like, successful? I hope so. I don't know. I don't have an answer for. So I hope so. Maybe we'll buy some. I would like to buy Support some. Support the I, cause. Yeah, absolutely. I think. I looked her up, I think, like, last year, and I do think that she's had, like, some legal trouble. Yes. Since uh, if you Google her, yeah, if you Google her, mugshots do come up, which also, uh, I'm sorry for all these tangents, but they are technically relevant. I When I was Googling Crystal, aka Sirius, who we'll be talking about a lot during the course of this episode, she was allegedly caught up in a sex trafficking ring in Atlanta. I, the blog I saw it on didn't look super credible, so I didn't do the whole full scope of research, but I have to go back to it. Like, the, allegedly that she was part of a process, I don't know, something sketchy. A sex worker ring. Yes, but it was process. How was dare you? Sex Calm down. The students become the teacher here. There we go. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no, I'll have to do some more research into that. But that because I was just Googling her to be like, oh, what's she up to? And I don't know. So, uh, yeah, no. So we're we'll I'll get back to that eventually. But uh, so we're watching the ladies get ready. Oh, and this was terrible. So this just kind of no pun intended, set the tone for the whole episode is so as they're showing the ladies getting dressed, they cut to Dara, a.k.a. like that, who is. A, a plus size woman and as she's putting her tank top on they put a clothes stretching sound and not only did they play it they made sure hulu made sure to have the caption stretching sound as she was putting on a cami that looked like fit her just fine yeah like that shit just, was amplified that was like it was no they put in that sound effect like they 100 percent put it in which is like 
Ugh. The editing work of this whole episode is so effing shady and it's, so cruel. It like broke yeah. my heart. Cruel is the perfect way to put it because we yeah. love a sh- shady editing moment. Oh. But like some of this, we'll talk about it in in relation to Dara in particular is downright cruel is the perfect way to put it. Yes. So they all the ladies come down to the main room to find Monique, Nikki, and a man. So Monique says in a talking head, like, oh, I told them to come down dressed to impress. And I'm not sure what all of them knew what that meant. And I have to agree. (laughs) I don't know where they thought they were going. I think the only one that really got it right was Dara. Because she was in, like, a pantsuit. Granted, I'm not a big fan of that, like, periwinkle light blue color. But in terms of being told to dress to impress, I would have personally tried to go, like, a professional she was prepared for any situation i think my biggest qualm about this whole episode like overlying everything is they didn't give these girls any information they didn't give them any like keys they weren't like business casual or say like a daytime nice look that you or something you would wear to church like why don't you just say that like that is so much (laughs) more relatable to people and then i honestly thought a lot of them looked okay but it was just like they were just all going to different places. Yes, yeah. that's the thing. It wasn't that what I meant before was it. not that they looked bad. A lot, most of them yeah, looked of pretty good. It just was more like if personally I would have interpreted the instruction as, you know, like trying to look professional. But, and some of them were like almost there. At, like, I think in my mind the second place would have been crystal who had like a professional looking kind of top on but had leggings so it was like whatever but i think they do that a lot on this show to kind of highlight like oh let's make fun of these trashy women who don't understand social norms but it's like if you're purposefully vague there's no way to interpret that other than you're setting them up to be ridiculed and they did that to them this whole this whole episode when they it comes to fashion. They it made fashion last week. Oh yeah, for sure. It makes fashion look stupid, and then it makes them look stupid. Like nothing came out on top in yeah, this no. episode. No, it was all purposefully. Except the viewers. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, sure. Monique tells us that the ladies are going to get a style lesson from Mickey. I thought this was interesting. So Monique. Set calls Mickey the beauty editor for Essence magazine. The Chiron underneath calls her the cover editor. Either way, very impressive. Good credentials. The She's perfect... very high up at the company. We'll leave right. The person here. definitely like the perfect person to have as a judge for this show for a variety of reasons. I I just love Mickey so much. Uh, the man they introduce as Timothy Snell, uh, stylist to the stars. Uh, Monique includes herself as one of the people i've definitely heard the name at least at the time i could have swore he was on like other shows or something i bet i mean he's a queen latifah show i looked him up i wanted to know he did queen latifah and he styled queen latifah and he's like he's known to specialize in like plus size styling yes that is what i found like i think like his instagram if it's not his instagram handle it's like his name on instagram it's like the curve the curve specialist or something like that like that is his niche that's cool and i and i love that he's so committed to it he's still props to him you know doing all that so we we love timothy honestly we thought oh. i thought that he was honestly 
I even wrote it here. I would have Timothy is the man. I would have loved to have him in Keith's place. Although I guess that would then be too fashion centric, as opposed to I guess what Keith is supposed to be bringing to the table is the asshole centric. Well, actually, he's a piece of shit. But like in this episode, I think he only said one thing that I kind of disagreed with. Everything else he was kind of being a dick about. I was like, so he's growing on you. I know. It's, By I the know. end of the show, he's going to be your favorite part. I refuse to believe it. Uh, I think he acts so pretentious. Like, you can't even like him because the way he acts, it's not even how he talks or, like, what he says. It's like he acts so pretentious. You I can't even like it. Yeah, and I think that there's a layer to it, too, when it's, like, oh, I, I hate to be like a this about guy? it. But, yeah. but when it's a white guy talking down to mostly, like, mostly black women, women. Color, yeah. and then at the very least the white women are see like you know like poor black women and then poor white women you know what i mean like there's yeah. a class yeah. and a race element to it that just makes it feel very icky because also he like i get that the point of this was that he's supposed to be the tougher one but it just it feels way more sinister than I guess the intention. I don't know. Whatever. No, it feels super elitist, in my opinion. Yes. Like every time I watch it, it's like super elitist. And like I'm a poor white girl, so I'm like, damn, yeah. man, what you saying? Like- <laughs> right. Like I think it would have been different if there, if if the harshness was coming from some sort of place of compassion. And it you would know? be different if like he was somebody. The girls don't even respect him because he doesn't even come from something that they're like, oh, that's really cool. Like at least like. They don't even, he doesn't come from anything that's relatable to, like, black culture, to black women, to anything like that. So it's like, why is he even on there? Right, I know. It just is, like, uh, just that pageant background, it just feels icky. Like, I I don't know. This was the era of, like, the mean judge. I mean, American Idol was still dominating. Dominating the ratings. There was, you know, I guess this is probably around the Tabitha era, Gordon Ramsay from Tabitha is a hairstylist. Bravo had a hairstyling competition oh God, show. I remember that. I, oh, I love that show. And I loved her. I thought she was fantastic. But like, I think Simon isn't really the best at this, like, best example of this, but like Michael Gordon Kors. Ramsay. Right. Well, I don't know. Uh, was Michael, Kors, Michael Kors was doing Project Runway like, at this point? Yeah, he was judging. Yeah. Yeah, because I actually looked that up um, Mm because I wanted to know where the timeline was on the project. I did too. And it's like Project Runway was in like season five, I think. At this no, I think they were they were about to start season four later that year. It was on. Like these girls had notes to make something. That's why I looked it up. Yeah, that's yeah. No, they. This was very clearly Project Runway inspired episode, but we'll we'll talk about it. So, uh, so. Let's see. Uh, yeah, that's his focus on curvy women. So Safari saying in her talking head, uh, the only thing I need to improve my style is 50 G's. Finances equal personal style, which <laughs> is it wrong? All- I mean, it is and it's not. Because all I could think about was uh, Luann going, telling Alex, like, even Louis Vuitton makes mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, or like, money can't buy you class. Like, one of those things where it's like, just I just because you have the money doesn't mean you're gonna know what to do with it fashion wise. Or at least it can buy you help, I would say. 
Well, yeah, this is a time when like personal style equaled brands. So it would, I think too, like actually saying finance equals personal style for the 2000s. That was semi-true. Definitely not true now, but semi (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So uh, Mickey Mickey and Timothy are standing up next to a chalkboard that has the three tips to defining a look. So I don't think she actually goes over them point by point, but I wrote them down. So number one is find your inspiration. Number two is pull it all together. And number three is be distinctive. Danielle, would you agree with that? I think, yeah, I wrote them down. And I personally think that those are great tips because they're really broad. And I think that they did a really good job with like not kind of um, saying that anybody couldn't have their own personal style. And yeah, it's just they- like... It's like they drew the creative drive in the women with fashion because that's what fashion is. It's creative and it's personal. So I thought it was really good. Yeah, no, I think, and I'd like to, and that's what I love about Mickey beyond like her credentials and just kind of what she brings to the show in terms of experience. I I love that she's always very encouraging and she, even the the ladies, sorry, like the sober, the sober, less evident trauma, like, uh paula so you know mickey is uh pointing out that becky has a very defined look the urbanista timothy calls her urbanista and i love that they cut around the room to like that in particular who like that's personal mission was to expose her for being a cultural appropriator like they (laughs) that's the kind of shady editing that i love where we're like Let's reflect. You remember that interpersonal dynamic between them. Let's call back to that in your mind. So, I mean, I don't know if urban is what you'd call that. So Becky is wearing a an Ed Hardy fedora, which is like that bedazzled skull and crossbones with the roses and pinstripes. Oh, my God. And then a skull and crossbone bedazzled black and white striped tank top and a pair of jeans and her signature buck wild belt uh when she said she likes skulls did it remind anyone of that video of the kid that goes like i like turtles i like turtles i did love that i love that larissa was like yeah it's a fucking defined look because nobody else would want to wear that shit but her I love that Becky is like when she walks up she feels like hot shit and she's like skulls are like really in right now and they're really on trend and I was like oh okay girl tell us tell us right because Avril Lavigne like the whole look is so Avril Lavigne meets King Fed oh my god that's not what it is that is that's a better description, honestly, than what she gives. Which oh, is, I love it. I love what she says. I would, this, I would, is, this is spectacular. And I love also that Tim, Mr. Timothy, does not disagree he with her it. assessment yeah. that skulls are trendy. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. I liked him, too, because he was also very encouraging, despite the fact that he could have very easily ripped a couple yeah. of them to shreds. And he didn't so, look down on them. No, not at all. So uh, Becky says in her talking head, I don't want to dress like a slut. I dress more like a slot machine. Slut, slot, very different. <laughs> very, they are. It's, she is not wrong at all. I think that is so good. And then when she said it, I was like, bitch, how many times have you said that? Like, she's, I wanted to know because it was like bedazzled and she meant like she likes to dress like shiny and, and flashy. 
that's the thing is i the thing i love about her really is like she really does put a lot of thought into what she says which seems stupid because she's got that whole black scent thing going on but like she clearly has some level of self-awareness like i think back to that time where she introduced herself as like if oprah and jerry springer had a baby huh like like i guess that is sort of her personality in a way i don't know she Buckwild actually holds like a really good key in my heart because she is like super trashy for a white girl and she just says that like TV raised her and she's yeah. super problematic but I will say that when you watch her in charm school I think you actually see more of like her authentic self and her not trying to be like a caricature some bullshit character for yeah. her love. I mean, I haven't heard her speak, and if she still does that, I do love that she has embraced her uh, bad baby as her spiritual daughter, like, uh, whatever, uh, Catch Me Outside. Oh. Yeah. Catch Me Outside, girl. I love Danielle. that she's a daughter. Yeah, Danielle Bergoli? Yes. And yeah. I, she's totally adopted that girl as her spiritual daughter. She did put up a post a while ago, I think we talked about how she was, like, saying something about, uh, she was defending Hallie Bailey being cast as the little mermaid and like basically oh, yeah, saying yeah. yeah that she was like you know it's not the same at all like basically just had like a very good viewpoint on it she's like slightly problematic babe i would say she yeah. she falls into that category i agree so uh next to mickey says to the group you know say what you want to but shatar knows what works for her god and she's wearing what she's wearing a 90s deb or early 2000s deb from Debs. Did you guys shop at Debs? Did you have Debs? I we we have we had Deb. I think you might. Oh, Ray. Um, You're both our mom's names. We had we had Rainbow. We had um. Oh, there was another did you guys one. Have Rave. Rave. Yes. Yes. She would know. I have no yes, idea. Yes, we did. Well, Rave. Right. That was Rave Girl. Rave? That was or something like that. Rave like, Girl. Yeah. yeah, shop there all the time. Yeah. Was... No. <laughs> no, we had uh. Mike, where did you shop? Even berries. <laughs> Right, we're- honestly i probably just bought stuff from like well, number one when we were little bobs was the greatest bobs. store of all time and now it's a furniture place and so he's like yeah fuck clothes i'm gonna do furniture no, instead. It's, it's, no there's still a bobs that exists in wayne really it on whatever that highway oh, is that's to get to wayne. yeah but then the usual store is pretty much i should say the usual, usual? That's like macy's or sears or things okay. like that and then a lot of sports places. Yeah. You'd have like Model, Sports Authority, things like that. Yeah. It's very cash. Um, Basically, what I'm saying is she is wearing a, just an early 2000s prom gown. And yeah, that's like, like, my favorite part about these shows is when they wear like the evening gowns that you would wear to homecoming or prom. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like that episode, the one where they're doing the photo shoot in New York was coming. New York helped them out. And like all of those dresses were like, I could pull out photo albums that have us all in similar why, why would they wear those i just don't understand was there not a category of like cocktail dresses that don't, weren't like fitted for women in their 20s i don't know i don't the budget situation is actually very interesting i did notice by the way i forgot to bring this up earlier that while i was trying to figure out i i checked Tubi and amazon regularly to see if the shows have ever come back but i found that the while the prize for this iteration of charm school is fifty thousand dollars for rock of love charm school it's a hundred thousand dollars that's bullshit i was like it's the money they got more money 
it i believe that what do you think it's a race thing i mean i don't I mean, I'm the white girl, and I'll say that I've always thought that it's really weird that there's, like, you can find a lot more uh, stuff on Flavor of Love Charm School and, like, a lot more, like, things where they, like, laugh at those contestants, but you can't find a lot of, like, Rock of Love Charm School where they're coming at them, and there's not, like, a lot of gifts, there's not as much shit going on. I think and it's well, huh. because we get more entertainment out of the flavor of love charm school. So that girl should be paid more. That's I mean, I if I want to give it, if I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, my initial thought process begins with well, technically, obviously, this one came first. This one laid the groundwork. You know, they were. I mean, obviously, these shows were wildly popular because this premiered same night as the i love new york reunion or finale it was right after wasn't yeah it? so it was like back to back from what was no- vh1's highest rated show arguably i think one of their still highest rated shows of all time so it's not like the audience wasn't there maybe i don't know exactly where how the money for this thing comes about but like i just think it's really interesting that there is a literally a wage gap <laughs> like between exactly two franchises write, write an essay about it i would love right. to read i this is going to be my think, pop culture do thesis do you think it has anything to do with you know brett michaels kind of did have probably like more revenue coming in because he kind of still was doing more tours and i think he was doing more shit than like flavor Flav was i mean it's it not like he's to- bankrolling these projects like it's no, not like either not- but, like, I'm just asking if maybe that's, like, a factor. I don't know. I don't think it is, but it's just, like, a question. I think that it was probably still, if I had to be more realistic, I guess, about it, I would guess that it was, like I said, that they were still laying the groundwork for all these shows to be popular. And then by the time Rock of Love Charm School came around, these shows were already like must-see TV, like what everybody was watching. This was like the basis of VH1's programming, so they might have had more money to bring in, but because there's more male viewership, no, which is like whole, well, that could you could argue that. I'm bringing it back. Well, no, you could argue that in the sense that, like, you know, these. God, I wonder how much Karen Osborne got paid versus how much Monique got paid. Oh, oh, she's the. Oh. That's my next question. I was gonna say, who is the like head judge slash Sharon Osbourne? Sharon. Oh, she was making money. Oh, you know that Sharon Osbourne. Was. Oh, she got paid. Sharon was, Osbourne absolutely cleared for up all the check. time she was setting up all uh Black Sabbath's tours and shit from now, back in the day. She got paid. Uh, she knows you, how to negotiate. You could argue the point that Monique was more niche famous at this time. This was at the time pre. Yeah, this was pre-Oscar win. There was, and Sharon Osbourne, Precious. like the What's Osbournes. What did she throw at her? What? In Precious? What? What did she throw at her? I don't know. That movie's really depressing. We're not making jokes about that movie. I'm not joking. I'm saying. Anyway, but like, obviously Sharon Osbourne, for Somewhere. all intents and purposes, I guess was like a bigger star to a majority of America. I mean, well, definitely o- because you're coming off of like Meet the Osborne, or I mean, the yeah, Osborne. And um, 
on MTV, which was huge. So Right, right. So it's fair to say that she was the bigger star, but it's interesting that they probably had more money to pay Sharon Osbourne, I would assume, a significantly bigger salary than they gave Monique. And they gave them more money. I This is something we're going to have to get back to. I want to very- and ask Monique, like, because she has been coming out with, like, you know, she's been- I'm voicing- not getting paid- I mean, right, that was her whole thing. Like, I'm not getting paid as much as I deserve, which, I mean, she probably wasn't, but I don't know. And I also have thoughts about the, oh, to go back very quickly to the thing about uh, why there are more jokes about this, my argument potentially would be that, like, Black Twitter, quote unquote, even though Twitter wasn't really a thing during this time, like, Black people in general weren't watching rock of love the same way and like i'm basing that you know on conversations but also what i see when i follow these hashtags is like they're not talking about rock of love they weren't really watching rock of love the same way so like that black twitter so quote unquote humor kind of spilled out into the mainstream where it's like like dave Chappelle said about Chappelle show where it's like black audiences and white audiences are laughing for two different reasons yeah that, so that would be that would be my guess about why some of those jokes still landed. Whereas, I mean, we haven't watched Rock of Love yet. I haven't even touched it. I haven't engaged with any Rock of Love media out of fear of like spoiling wow. what we're about to cover. But the vibe I've gotten is that it's way more depressing. Like those women are a lot less sober. He's a lot more objectifying of them. Like it's got a more sinister undertone, but I, I can't speak to that yet. So we'll have to it see. It definitely does. It for sure does. It's <laughs> I, everything you just said, all the above. I don't think I need to add anything. It like, <laughs> when I rewatch Flavor of Love or I rewatch uh, just Flavor of Love Term School, I get like a really, like, yeah, it's problematic, but I still get this really warm feel of nostalgia. And these women like still have, they're so funny and respectable still. And you watch that show and it's so, it's kind of heartbreaking. Like, the women just aren't um, looked at very well. <laughs> and I wonder how much of that has to do with, like, can you tell that the Vivans kicked in, by the way? Uh, can you, <laughs> uh, I wonder how much of that has to do with, like, there's nothing serious, like, no women, no woman is seriously going after Flavor Flav. So those women came into it with, like, more of a sense of humor and, like, more transparently, like, I just want to be famous in my own right as a result of this show. Whereas like Brett Michaels, it's more plausible that somebody would be attracted to him. So those are women, like broken women clearly looking for a relationship. I think that's a great point. Like, I I don't know. No, I mean, I didn't, I think that's pretty damn close. Like obviously the women who went on to um, rock of love, who did look at it as more of like a joke have become more on top. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to say like Heather looked at it as a joke because all those women always say like, we truly had feelings, but like, look. I mean, Heather got a Brett tattoo. So I, she was somewhat committed. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's just because Heather crazy. is a badass bitch. Like, I feel yes. like if you went up to her and was like, hey, you won't do this. She'll be like, okay, I'll do it. Right. She's just right. that girl. So I mean, right. I'm, I'm interested to, I've got a lot of, conflicting feelings about going back to that time but we'll, we'll you see you really are so against this i'm not against it i just like i had a hard enough time making it through flavor of love seeing him be so callous towards the women and he was like barely involved like you know like it 
there's something ickier about the way Brett Michael also like the way he even posts about his own daughters really creeps me out like, oh it's so gross so gross weird. A, lot of people, a lot of the people in Rock of Love unfortunately like are Trump supporters now so, I am getting you know, that vibe another reason why it's just kind of like oh cool all these people were trash and they have like no redemption qualities yeah no I'm I'm interested to dig them all up but Oh boy! Uh, I love that we're still in the we're still in the intro, but I know I'm I'm loving this discussion. So, uh, Shatar, Shatar knows what works for her, supposedly, but not her boobs. No, so she's in a strapless, light blue dress with darker blue beads, and there's like a slit up the side. It looks like it's got like a little opening in the back. And as Mickey's like, you know, she's rocked all kinds of looks. They're cutting around the room, and the women are varying degrees of, like, confused and horrified, and Safari literally has a book in front of her face to be to keep from, like, very obviously laughing, and Tim Ashitar, uh, if there's something, if like, obviously, clearly, this is an evening look, like, but do you think you could turn this into a day look? And she's like, absolutely. And I'm mad they don't show that because I'm like, you're in an evening gown. I would love to see how you could turn this into a day look. Literally, all she did was definitely, like, pull it up to be, like, a short cocktail dress. And then I bet she, like, pulled her hair back in a ponytail and was like, no, this would be the perfect look to just go to lunch and, like, meet with some business um, partners and do potential scoutings. I mean, in her mind, it is based on how she's dressed between the two shows. Uh, so in her mind, anything is fair game like this. She I'm surprised she didn't look at him like, but this is my daytime look. Like, Would that have been better than what she wore for the presentation last week? They're both equally terrible. Oh, OK, like equally not appropriate for the scenario that she was in. So any scenario except like a ball maybe you're right. gonna go to once a year like i don't understand like it's not appropriate for anything right like most most scenarios neither of those dresses are a good look so i mean and they're not i mean actually i kind of like the black and white dress from last week it just when it you're didn't going, fit where she was going it didn't make sense it's not couture. It's not couture. Right. It's not custom fitted. <laughs> no, it's, well, it's definitely not custom by any stretch of the imagination. It is certainly um, off the rack. But uh, it is also very important to note that not only is she wearing this dress, but like her boobs are super uneven. As I say, at least once an episode, as a as a large chested lady myself, it becomes very easy in strapless ensembles to have like one big uniboob but mm -hmm. to have a crooked uniboob i don't know how that i don't know how that happened like, one is noticeably higher than the other like it is very clearly uneven well, she definitely is not wearing any type of support which girl no. i'm not telling you you gotta wear that like but don't say you have couture things and then not have it fit. Like that's the whole thing. Not even close to fitting though. Like that's really the key is it's not even like, oh, well, it generally fits. It's just clearly not custom made. It like doesn't fit her at all. And you know, she has to feel it. Like I have bigger boobs too. And when one's like going like awry from the other one, 
the one will be like, you need to come back. Right. Just, right. Just bring like, you it need all to together. together. <laughs> it's just like Rose floating on like the door in the ocean where she's blowing come the whistle. Back. Back. I'll never let go. Like, never. don't let go. <laughs> oh my god so dara uh as a as a bigger woman herself i think this is interesting too like the uh, like the bigger the bigger ladies all seem to be like way harder on each other during the course of this episode like than i think even some of the the smaller ladies are like i've noticed there's some i don't know we'll, we'll get to it in a little bit but dara saying like it's saying one super big she said like oh one super big in the dress and the other one's hanging out the side and that's where we get what would be our iconic line of the week if i could find it somewhere not bleeped it's a big city girl now now <laughs> it's so good she actually says before she says one's up by her chin other one is down by her coochie no i think that was safari that said that but oh either way Either way, it's true though. They were it, mm. they were pointing in two completely different directions. It was it was stressful to see. Uh, it's like Steve Buscemi's eyes and uh, anything, Mr. Mr. Oh Deeds. Well, also true. I would say Mr. Deeds though, because they're all over the place. Yeah. Crazy someone, eyes. Someone makes that meme. <laughs> we're on Oreos on your pizza. <laughs> so, uh, Shatar, like while they're all clearly very like all the ladies are clearly very distressed and like trying to stifle their laughter shatar never not on the pr offensive is like oh i like the girls just wish they thought of it first like let's watch and see what they're wearing next season it's like none of these girls are keeping up with seasons stop it like stop and also you look ridiculous you have to know that so up next mickey brings up safari uh Tim tells her to put those girls in place and walk on up here. Uh, Safari says in a talking head that her style is inspired by brokenness. I mean, relatable content. Uh, She doesn't have a lot of money, but she does have a lot of boobs. Tim tells her uh, she doesn't want to take away from her, you know, that she wants to be sexy. But, you know, he suggests that she tone it down. Uh, Sex appeal isn't always about putting it all out there, which you know something i've certainly learned with age uh <laughs> side note she was 28 years old at this time okay so on the older end of well it's just like 2000s man you showed titties we showed yeah. thongs we didn't care i want it to be manny santos i want to be hot i don't want to be cute <laughs> yes exactly that was this was a moment i've well, learned actually, of this manny moment from yeah Degrassi he doesn't he didn't understand ago. i was like as a preteen girl in the 2000s manny's that episode with manny's song was a defining moment in i want to be i want to look like this like this in the velour jumpsuit with the thong hanging out the side it was like this the hair the hair the volume the hoops everything about the look was on point and then emma had to be a bitch (laughs) i've really come around to being like she is like peak white feminist emma Oh my God, stop. Yeah, you're, <laughs> stop it. That's so, because she's super like environmental too. And she like, she's that type of person who cares more about animals than she does about people. Yes. And <laughs> oh, I have like a whole thing on that, which is like, I I get that animals are good and pure, but I'm not going to lie. If you're one of those people who's like, 
I like animals better than I like people. Like I, Only I'm not gonna movies. lie, I can't really trust you. Like I, I can't fully trust you. Except I think, when you're watching a movie. What do you mean? Like when you watch a movie when like a dog dies or something. That's not what I'm talking about. No, I know. I'm just saying it's the only time it's acceptable. No, I mean, I get the idea of you don't want to watch an Like if a character dies in a movie or show, you're like, eh, whatever. But if a dog gets killed or dies, forget it. I hate the other person even more. I think if you're one of those people. It's a movie. That has to do with like the sense of helplessness. Like a person. Like like when you kill an animal, like there's, unless it's like attacking you. There's yeah. literally like no reason for you to kill it. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Just no, I, it's business. I get it. But Chewing like, on a toy, laying in a little bed. I get it. But also like, it's just something about that whole, like, I like animals better than I like people. Oh, I saw some tweet like that today. And the lady ended uh, up, I don't know if she ended up deleting it, but it was something like, she literally wrote, I don't care about a candidate's, if a candidate's racist, sexist, homophobic, ableist, whatever. As long as my thoughts are just, do you like dogs, though? And somebody literally responded with a picture of Hitler playing with a dog. And it's like, I got you. <laughs> like, that's not you. And they think that's like, people think that's funny. The same people who do that are the people who are like, oh, my God, went to Target for one thing and came out with 10 things. <laughs> like, like the same person. And she's like, oh, my God, I just had to get this for my dog. I'm a boy mom. Hashtag boy mom. Hashtag boy mom. Wait, is that like a response to Girl Dad? No, it was pre, uh, it's no. like pre-Girl Dad. It's like a or culture. Dad, no, Girl Dad. Yeah, dad Girl Dad, girl? you're right. No, no, Girl Dad. You were girl right the dad? first time. Okay. It's it's more, uh, I don't know. It's these nuances things that it's like <laughs> tough to explain why it's terrible, but it's just a certain kind of person that just oh, doesn't give a shit about other kinds of people. Mm. It's a covert way of saying like, I don't care about anybody unless they're. So you're selfish, racist? I get it's the nuance. It's creating like dumb false identities. Yes, yes. Um. Okay, this is you're. This is great. Uh, (laughs) Putting things so perfectly. Uh, So let's see where were the. Oh, this was right. So uh, speaking of problematic viewpoints and putting people in weird boxes, Shatar says that Safari's dresses like a refugee. Uh, she looks like she escaped some sort of refugee camp and I do feel sort of sorry for her sometimes and it's like to me that was the most insulting <laughs> that, that would be the most insulting. insulting and I think it's funny though too because if she said that to Safari, Safari would be like I feel sorry for you like, I mean <laughs> right, I, I, feel, I feel sorry for Shatar a lot Like, it didn't make you think of Tom Petty at all instead of like don't have to live like a refugee just say dress I have Tom well, Petty she, yeah, Sonya like, hates Tom I was Petty. Like, say, there's not a time where I'm usually like, oh, Tom Petty. Right, like that Tom Petty. Don't have to dress like a refugee. I don't know who you're That's not the actual to. lyric. I, it's I, my own little I twist, assumed. obviously. I oh, my God. So Tim gives them some sexiness I tips, uh, tells them to emphasize their back, which, I mean, I don't know if that's not still true, but I remember backless shirts and dresses were certainly having a moment during this time so i don't know if that's advice i mean it's advice that still what? i guess would fly but what else did we watch where that was something someone said it's like the back can be sexy but you don't wear it too low you show this part the fuck was it i don't know i are, are you sure it wasn't the fact that we 
it's like a cardinal rule like you're not supposed to show like the back and the boob if you should pick yeah one. yeah one or the other yeah i forgot we were watching i don't remember uh, but he said, uh, he says, mm-hmm. women for the most part will always have a beautiful back. And I, I thought this was really good advice. It's like, what more memorable thing to do is like when you're leaving a party, like show off your beautiful back. And I'm like, that's a great way to put it. It is good advice, but it's so weird that like, I know that he gave them so much advice. And that was like the one thing they showed us, obviously to clue us in on like um, a segment later well. on in the show. Yeah. But it's like, it's so weird because all those girls have different body types and that's not necessarily the best advice for every body yeah. type. Yes. Like, I, like my back's not that great because I have no torso. I'm like boobs and butt and feet. Yeah. So like, like if you have no torso, like it doesn't work for you. So like, I don't know. I thought that was, I thought it was weird that they only showed that because I know he had to give other advice, but the one piece of advice they get, he, they showed was show a sliver of back. And I'm like, probably not for everybody. And I think that that's also like, given that his specialty is curvy women. And I'm not just, not to say that I don't want to encourage women of all body types to dress however they feel comfortable. But like, I'm saying if I'm thinking in the time frame of the two thousands, when being fat was the most terrible thing you could be like I don't know like I feel like that's the kind of thing that would get you ripped apart on like a red carpet or something like that if you were a bigger I mean as we see later how that Mm. ultimately gets ripped apart but uh we then get an introduction to what couture is uh I, I'm trying to think of how she describes it, but it was ultimately nothing like Danielle described it earlier. Basically, oh, it's, what is it? That they're giving us fantasy. You're giving us fantasy. You're supposed to take you somewhere, which it's like, I think it's like high fashion. Like what, what they're talking about. Yeah, is- I guess they're trying to go more towards like haute couture, but it's still, it's so freaking stupid and insulting to like everybody in the room because yeah. they show like a few photos from the runway. They don't even like, it's not like they name any famous designers like these girls who are on there obviously do not give a shit about couture and that's no. fine they shouldn't no. they should be there to learn how to dress for every everyday, everyday life and yeah. it pisses me off that they made them look at this and look at it like well this is this fashion is a joke it's not related to us because it's not it's yeah. not relatable to them it's not even relatable to Monique Monique, Monique ain't wearing couture right like, exactly like I it just, it, you're right and if the purpose of this show is as much as it was supposed to be like helping them in their lives like get away from this sort of image like show them job application chic like what you should be wearing to a party like all of those things like what are any of these ladies what is like the average american going to do with couture I mean, it is true. Like when you look at Monique, she is always dressed very like, I don't want to say perfectly for her body type, but it's like she is styled like pretty much exactly with what she should be wearing in every situation they put her in. Right. Like, but the thing is like, like showing the tour is doing that for her. Right. Yeah, it's true. I hope hope they still work together. I hope that they're still friends, you know? I mean, you can obviously look at her styling in this show and I'm not trying to like, I fucking love Monique. But then you you see Monique in this show and you see her in these talking heads and she's dressed in this like um, knockoff Chanel tweed suit with like a pearl yeah. necklace. And I'm like, Monique, this ain't you. You do not dress like this. This is not you. Like, I don't think of you like this. And it's so weird that they made her into this like character for this. 
that was that was what I was gonna say. The only reason why I kind of support it is, I guess, the idea that she's supposed to be playing the role of this like headmistress. So yeah. she's like, it's like a costume yeah. that sort of fits into what she's trying to accomplish. Uh, so they're playing the super intense music, and Courtney in particular is like looking horrified, and like Mickey is showing these big pictures from these fashion shows, and Courtney's like, "We don't have couture in North Carolina. They don't sell couture at Walmart." And I'm not saying it like that to make fun of her, but like that was clearly the intention of using that talking head was to make fun of her. Yeah. Like, because I'm sure they have talking heads of a bunch of the other women ultimately saying the same thing. Oh, yeah, because the whole intention of doing a tour was to make fun of these women. Right, right. Like, it was not practical. All all of what we said to say, it was not practical advice for anybody involved. So Mickey tells them that their test tomorrow will be a fashion show. So they're going to be competing in two teams of five to create their own couture look. Uh, The team that comes up with the best overall style will win and will be saved from being expelled. So the breakdowns of the teams are two members are going to be responsible for designing the dress uh, and putting it together. One team member is going to be responsible for makeup. One team member is going to be responsible for hairstyling. And the final team member is the one going to be walking the runway. So since there are actually 11 of them left... Which initially I was like, why did they not wait until there was an even number of people? But the way this obviously goes, I suddenly went like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, since there are 11 of them, one will serve as an honorary judge and that person will also be safe from expulsion. Hold on to this tidbit. Now they are told that everything in and outside of the house will be available for them to use. They have one hour to pick a judge, decide the teams, and assign responsibilities. Monique tells us that at the end of, tells us in a talking head, at the end of the test, uh, the ladies will be judged based on what responsibility they had and how they came through for their team. Mickey tells them, all the ladies, as the last piece of advice, you know, know your strengths and choose wisely. Obviously, at this point, all hell breaks loose because... I don't know. They all just love to fight. Like, I don't know Everyone how to... wants to be safe. So Courtney says in a talking head, I loved this. This line killed me where she's like, oh, so we're getting ready to pick teams and they all had to decide who was going to be the judge. And I knew that was going to be some bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because uh, like everybody want to be the judge. So they're all talking over each other and they're nominating people. And like, this is when it kind of clicked for me. Like, oh, they're obviously doing this to see how they work together and you know how how they're going to volunteer and be helpful parts of the team and like basically showcasing their attitudes if it was based solely on attitudes larissa would fucking fail unsurprisingly because she's a nightmare uh she's being super combative to everyone she's like screaming she's like then i get to be a judge if you if you get to be a judge then i get to be a judge and like why can't i blah 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 she gets on my nerves. She's literally like erasing stuff off the board. And I just have to keep reminding myself, she's 22. She's 22 because That's true. she's acting like a child. Like she's gone her whole life. Just... That's exactly what Monique said. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if she was the youngest child in her family. Yeah. Like because she's kind of found that like yelling and acting bad and actually apparently based on the next week's 
preview, like this comes up a lot that like being loud and seeking attention like that has worked for her and sort of let her get away with murder. And basically everybody's just kind of backing off because she's just yelling and being a nightmare. So let's see what else from here on out. Oh, so Crystal, of course, Miss Me, 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 I, I, I is like, first of all, I am not going to be the model. And I actually rolled my eyes. I wrote down that I rolled my eyes. I was rolling my eyes when she said this. <laughs> because we then get a supercut of all the times where she's talked about being a model, you know, from between Flavor of Love and this show. Um, We've never seen her actually do it. Yeah, well, I mean, going see, yeah, pictures, calendars. Yeah, that's true. We did see the pictures. Yeah, we saw the pics and things like that. But like, it's basically just, girl, this is this is your this is it. Show us the moment. Show that us. would be right. We're rooting so, for you, Tiffany. <laughs> we're all rooting for you. How dare you? Uh, so they say that uh, she says that it's like she doesn't want to be the model because it's what everybody expects from her, and they're going to be harder on her than they are on anyone else. So then I literally just have in my notes more yelling and team assigning. So in the middle of all this, Safari is doing a talking head about how she's just kind of like strategically like kind of putting her team together. So she's kind of going around the room. And as she sees how the discussions are panning out, she's like going up to people being like, do you want to be on my team? You know, very like Slugworth-esque. She's smart. Oh, it's, so, it's so smart, though. Exactly. It, no, it's brilliant. So she goes up to like Laylene, and obviously Laylene, like terrified human Chihuahua, is like, you know, like, do you want to be on my team? And she's like, oh my god, like really? Like oh my god, I never thought you would ask me. Like, and she's like, she even does a talking head. She's like, oh my god, I thought this girl hated me. Like I can't believe this. I'm like, I'm honored. I'm honored that Safari would ask me to be the model. And just... Oh please, like I that girl. Her anxiety gets worse day by day. I just. She commented on some Instagram post. I mean, she's my girl. Laylene and I are friends. I know. She like, I don't know what I I know. So like when you told me that, I was like very offended. Not not by you. But like, (laughs) uh, like she must have us on some sort of like limited list that like I can't comment on her shit. Oh no, I can't comment on her things. Oh, either. you can't either. No, no, okay. no, she has no comments. She came and commented on my things okay. and commented on some of my outfit pictures and was like, "I love vintage clothes." And I was like, "Oh, okay, Lily." Yes, Lily. Oh my gosh, I know she's she's a she's still looking like she's going through it. Uh, so is she Laylene online? Yes. Yeah. Like There's a lot of clothes that sell. Yeah, it's a lot. Oh, She's like very boomer selfie-ish as well. Sister Patterson is queen of the boomer selfie. Safari, Becky Buckwild. Yep. Who goes into Maya? How are you not following all of these people already? Like, I don't know. How bad are you at this? We've been doing this for almost a year. I follow. Like I follow like Hoops. And, of course. Uh, yeah. Oh. I tried. I love Hoops. Um, <laughs> I tried. Well, crazy, but technically, I was going to call her Neve. Um, I tried her, but she never accepted. Never accepted. But she's never. It doesn't seem like she's ever on. Like yeah. it was there, and like she just avoids social media now. Hang on. So Fiery's followed Becky. He's keeping you I, out I, of I, heaven. Navee's keeping you out of heaven. Yeah. <laughs> she's killing me. 
There's uh, one person. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, and, uh, what's her name? Your other girl, Crystal. Crystal, has it hers locked down too. What? Like yeah. she's not on it, or it's private? Private. What is her name? I don't remember. I think but I follow her. anyway, can we get back to the show that we're doing? Yeah, sorry. Um, so let's see. Oh, Shafar. Uh, Shafar. <laughs> Shatar. No, sorry. Safari offers Shatar a Third space on her team because she knows she'll do anything to win. Um, and you need a person like that on your team. I won't use the word that she says because I get like mixed feelings about if that's actually anti-Semitic or not. Oh, I agree. Like, I Googled it, and it says... There's only, like, one article I saw that actually describes it that way, but I was like, that's one article too many. I just... It makes me feel icky. So, as she's doing this, Crystal starts to catch on, and she's like, oh, it's not fair that you're, like, putting a team together, whatever. And Larissa yells out from across the room, well, you've been in the back not saying nothing, so... Blah, blah, blah. Ugh. And Jen, who actually... I might dislike her the most out of everybody oh, I, I hate her like and i know that sounds so, I, like i just don't like her and isn't she doing great things now like doesn't she do good things now i like i'm not sure what she's up to like, i think she's like a social worker or a counselor or something is she so we really? did get a dm i won't uh say who it's from but maybe i'm crazy not, i don't know you i don't know honestly that wouldn't shock me but we did get a DM from somebody who used to work with her when they were in college and she was in college. She actually went, to, they said it was Northeastern, which I was like impressed, you know? No, that's like, right. That's a good ass school. That she was like doing things. She reminds me, like she is the girls that I went to high school with that literally just were ready to do all the drugs all the time. Which is cool. Right. She's not fun. Well, no, she reminds me of. Oh wow! The girl. What? She studied psychology and psychopharmacology. Yeah. At Northeastern. That's. She really graduated good. from Villanova. That's also with her really state good. certification as a drug and alcohol counselor. Yeah, a counselor. I knew she was. Oh which is wow. her. I'm so yeah. I'm so happy for her. But dude, on here, she's so like ridiculous and i think she's i just think she's ugly on the inside like an ugly yes. person yes <laughs> yes i think well so that was like our as uh, as bitch sesh calls it like boots on the ground so we got like a boots on the ground uh report from somebody who worked with her when they were in college at a restaurant i won't say your name but you know who you are um that she like what it sounds like a threat no <laughs> No, I'm saying that because I don't you know want, who you are. I don't want that person. If she, I don't know, if she stumbles upon this show, I don't want there to be no, of course, with that yeah. person. But they were telling me that uh, she, that she was like such a nightmare to work with. Like she was good at her job, but like thought that she was better than everybody else, especially because she was on the show. Mm. And it's like, first of all, sis, if you're gonna have a holier than now attitude, like out of the caricatures that emerged from that show, I don't think that you are in position to be one. Yeah, you're the one of the worst, for sure. You're She's like one of those people that, like, feels like she doesn't have to do, like, everything but still expect the same result. Do, does that make sense? Like, I don't yeah. have to go above and beyond. Like, she doesn't have to go, and she doesn't even have to do the bare minimum. Like, she just doesn't think she has to do any of that. Yes, and that was to further reinforce that is apparently she was one of those girls who, like, because obviously men, when they realized that she worked there, would, like, come in and be really creepy, and she would be like, oh, I hate the attention, but then still tell them when she was fucking scheduled. So, 
Yeah, so she's definitely don't come in on Wednesday and Thursday between one and seven. Yeah, literally, she's like, I I feel bad saying this, but I don't even think she's super cute, and I her hair is the deadest thing. Oh, that middle part. Oh, and like it is so flat, has no life. It is so dead. Just like everything is sucked dry. She just looks so dry to me. Like she looks like a dry person. Yeah, she just right. Yes, she just like she's been manifesting. All of her bad attitude is manifesting itself to the outside, like Roald Dahl said in the twits. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) So she, you don't know the twits? Anyway, that was like one of my favorite books. Um, What was I going to say? My last thing about her. uh, Oh, I think the theory among those men was sort of like if she was willing to fuck Flavor Flav, if she's willing to be on a dating show for Flavor Flav and that she had done porn, she would probably be down to fuck me. Yeah, that would probably be because it's not like she's like a super duper smoke show or guys would just be like, holy shit, you know, like she ain't no hoops. No, <laughs> calm down. So so in her talking head, she's like and I realized my impression of her that I started to develop kind of becomes like a Kourtney Kardashian impression where she's like. I don't like that my team is being called the leftovers, even if it's somewhat true. Like my team got, even though my team got formed because like we're like more soft spoken and it's just like, get a fucking personality. Anyway. Um, so they ultimately all decide on Courtney being the judge. Uh, she's thrilled obviously, because that means she gets immunity. And then some of the ladies start to speculate that because Courtney is best friends with Brooke, AKA, pumpkin which i don't know how that popped off but um same season i mean i guess but like i don't know why their person i don't know their personalities don't really i don't know so people start to speculate i feel like i I can totally see it because like goldie's really like a country girl and like brooks white trash y'all like that is like it's just I can totally see that. Yeah, I mean, I get. It. I mean, it's not completely shocking, but I'm just like, we're like they're be. the ones that like have the strong bond outside of the show that they talk every day. Yeah, know. that is that is weird. So, uh, they start to speculate that Brooke's team would then have the unfair advantage because Courtney's her best friend, and Shatar is one of the people saying this, and Brooke overhears her. And now, while obviously we are not fans of Shatar. Brooke like way overreacts and goes like shut the fuck up you stupid bitch Courtney's friends with a lot of us so just shut up princess and I was like I mean you didn't have to go that hard like damn <laughs> like like she sucks but like relax uh, and it was just a prototypical like girl well if we're not if we weren't suspicious then we are now because you're freaking right. out Right, you're like losing your shit a little bit, and we all know that Brooke is just in it to win it. Uh, so she says, then Brooke says in her talking head, like, "Oh, because Courtney and I are best friends. Like, uh, hopefully she will vote in my favor and whatever." So they all confirm. I just put like, like she's a Supreme Court justice. Like I wrote, like they vote to confirm Courtney as judge. <laughs> and uh, surprisingly, Larissa is actually on board with this because she sees Courtney as the only honest one in the group, which is fair. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So the teams ultimately, I have them called uh, the Alphas and the Leftovers. <laughs> the Alphas are Safari, Shatar, Larissa, Shay, and Laylene. We haven't seen a lot of Shay so far, I've noticed. 
She gets a side head once in a while. That's about it. Side head. That sounds like dirty. Talking at, head? Side, like, yeah, like a quick little a talking side head. head. Oh. Uh, Get your mind out of the gutter, Sonia. Oh, please. Uh, and the leftovers are Dara, Becky, Crystal, Jen, and Brooke. So this is when they start doing the planning. Can you believe we haven't even gotten to the planning yet? I know. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to, like, the meat of the episode. So um, let's see. Where's the meat? So It's where's the beef? Sorry. I it's Merrill. I have to this get it. This is why we word. get this is why we get three and four star reviews. Uh wow. People don't like Merrill Streep, that's why. That's why, yes. How dare they? Uh so Becky and Brooke are really pushing for Crystal to be the model. And Crystal's like, that's true. I would do the best, but like it's a it's a bad look for me. So she goes on like this whole thing about how she loves being a model and she loves being on the catwalk, but I want to show that I'm good at something besides being a model. So I'm like, once okay. Again, once again, thinking of herself and not of yep. her. If you would have been thinking of your team, your cute ass would have been up on the catwalk. It's just so ridiculous. And my favorite part about this is while they're deciding the teams, she's like, oh, well, I have a degree in fashion merchandising and design, which let me tell yep. you. I have a degree in fashion merchandising and design. And then after she says that, she goes, but I'll do, uh, what does she do? She does the makeup. Thank you. Thank you. I was going to, I, I pointed that out too, because that was, I was going to make that transition because the thing is, she's like, I want to show them that I'm good at something else. So it's like, fine. If you want to show them that you're good at something else, if you're not going to be the model. And like, to be honest, I, I get her logic. It's flawed, but like, it could have potentially worked in her favor had, the result of the challenge been executed better but the thing is if you're going to then volunteer as the like having a fashion design background and you want to show off your skills other than being a model why wouldn't you be like wow look at my degree put to use I don't understand like I didn't I don't know what she was thinking like that was the point where I was like you're just dumb like you just totally threw this like what the fuck is wrong with you like ugh. i don't know insert and toasty, or i hate calling her toasty i'm sorry jen has the worst style of all of them and she's like jen's just i'm telling you she's fucking high the whole time she's like i guess uh i guess i'll do help with the design like <laughs> she dresses like she's gotta be on something though i don't know but like she all she wears, like, she's that girl who showed up to school in yoga pants, a tank top, and a zip-up hoodie every single day. That's not fashion. Like, granted, that's generally how I dress now, but just based <laughs> on the type of work that I do, you know? Like, I feel like she listened to a lot of Eminem. I can just tell. Oh, you know what I mean? oh, oh, that was her do. Oh, 100%. Oh, yes. I love it. You're so good at this. Um, (laughs) She was like, or, and this is like far, but I can totally see her having a year where she was wearing like an ICP hoodie. Yes. And she was, she's the kind of girl, this is a little bit of an inside joke between Mike and me that she, she knows all the words to that remember oh disturbed down with yeah, the sickness she knows all oh, yeah. the, the words the breakdown to, part she knows all the words to the breakdown and down with the sickness i would put money on that oh my god put money on it like, for sure for sure that's why so, she's like that weird trashy white person like that is like a specific a, type yes. of trashy white person 
I think that this show does a really good job of picking out like the the nuances of within a a white blue collar girl like you know what I mean like it's a like there's a couple different types girl I went to that I went to school with Brooke for sure like girls like Brooke and I went to school with girls like Jen because I'm from West Virginia which is basically Ohio Pennsylvania Virginia and Maryland right kind of like yeah like, so if you're in that like area and you're like you everyone knows like the horse girl or everyone knows the girl who got her tongue pierced at 14 and she was nope. like sucking dick because she had her tongue pierced you know what I mean so it's like those are the girls <laughs> This yes, we've got oh we've gotten all the boxes ticked. I went to school with a lot more Becky style, but with mm, Jennifer attitude. Uh, like I was thinking about like Jen as being that kind of girl who was like a bully in school. Like how many of my school bullies went on to be like nurses? Oh my god, that is my favorite trope right now. That it's, is my favorite trope is that like the mean bitchy girls became nurses and i love it because it to me they went from their like american eagle american eagle clogs which i totally wore don't come for me into their like (laughs) crocs for their nursing job yes it just it's the logical transition except completely illogical uh so crystal then has the bright idea to nominate dara to be the model and becky's like oh yeah that's such a good idea we can make the big girl the baddest bitch and at first i was like oh yeah, that's really cool. Like really like different way to go about this challenge. And then slowly one by one, you start to see them all go. We did this because we feel like Monique, because Monique's whole thing at this time was like, she was the original body positivity icon. We've expressed this on the show before that like, like they really think that like, oh, if we use Dara, Monique will automatically be on board with us. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's all just- down here, folks. Yeah, it's a really sad narrative of um, I'm going to do the right thing, even though I don't know what the right thing is. And I kind of feel like Crystal Mm. seemed the most sincere in her decision to nominate Dara. I don't think because they, they put it out. They ultimately, the judges kind of frame it like she set Dara up for failure. And I don't think it was that It never purposeful. came off that way from the beginning, no. It didn't feel as purposeful that. as it did for the rest of the ladies. Like, I don't know. I feel like she definitely set her up in some type of failure because she went into it looking at it as, um, I've been a model before and this is what models do. And this is like how models look. And Dara isn't that typical type of model. So, like, she's kind of pushing Dara to do all these things that I think if you, like, just did it a different way from what she was comfortable with, it would have worked better. But, like, here Crystal's like, oh, well, this is just what models do. And I'm like, no, well, that's not what Dara should do in this situation, girl. Right. Like, she, she she applied sample size logic to a plus size model oh my god yes i love that yes (laughs) like and you can't you can't always do that like and this was i don't know where i forgot to look up where we were in terms of america's next top model at this point but i've explained to mike before about like takara and how that was like such a game changing when you brought that up i mean what an amazing if she would come out today what a fucking career she would have because she was stunning like is it's this just, the oh, well, did we compare to like job. ashley graham or something the one the, the one that they did the article where it's like ashley graham has the career that takara should have had yes 
Hunter she walks or she could run that whole thing, yeah. right? Yes. Sakara has the body that almost every American woman wants right now. Exactly. She wasn't like fat. She was thick and she was like tiny in the waist. Like she had a big ass, amazing boobs. She was so gorgeous. She, and stunning. Like and a flawless face. You you might like her actually. She's got like a really huh. good, she's like very pretty in the face. Like oh, all, all hair, of this. Like her like, hair like is such a great like choppy style for her. She's She's really good. Oh, where I hope she's I hope she's flourishing wherever she is. So, uh, what's her name? Despite all this positivity that Takara T O, I forgot if it's two C's or two oh, R's. It's T-O- wow, I spelled that word very well. T O C A R R A. Yeah, Takara Jones. I am Takara Jones. Yes. Okay. Look at me. Good for all her. Right. So, uh. Despite all the body positivity that we've been talking about just now, it is all down here, hill from here, show wise, because Brooke, who we have seen on more than one occasion be fat, pho- like fat phobic to New York in particular, like part of the whole spit fight has to do with her gaining 20 pounds during the course of the show, like in the midst of all the transphobia slurs that were being thrown around uh brooke is literally basically disgusted at the idea and says from the get-go like crystal setting the team up for failure literally because they picked the fat girl to be the model so uh becky then as much as becky like becky is another one where i was kind of disappointed that she's generally so like positive and supportive of everybody but for to see her be like oh yeah this is strategy we're picking dara so Monique will go easier on us. Like that hurt me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I don't well, know. It's really hurtful to see them all like in the talking heads. The way they talked about it was just so oh. vile. Like we'll we'll get to it. It 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 was honestly so upsetting, like on a number of levels. It just was shitty. So the leftovers, the way the team breakdowns are, so Crystal is doing makeup, despite the fact that she majored in fashion design. Brooke is in charge of the hair, and Crystal suggests straightening it, which is silly. And Jen and Becky are in charge of design. Then for the alphas, Shatar and Shay are doing design, Safari's doing the makeup, Larissa is doing the hair, and Laylene will be their model. I mean, I guess that's, I mean, in terms of body types, like she's their best option in terms of finding something that would fit. I don't know. More like traditional model style. Certainly. But also. I don't know if she's really tall, but. They bring it up. Yeah. Yeah, she does. I mean, they said, they say later that she did modeling, but I don't know if that was just sort of that Maxim type of modeling. Like, I don't know. modeling. It's no, I'm not saying it's not, but I'm saying it's just. You best not be. Right, relax. She's definitely the easiest. I feel like they definitely made the right choice because none of those, um, none of those girls have any design qualities, and it's so much easier to drape a piece of fabric on a super skinny person and yes. make it look fashionable than it is to put it on like any type of person with any type of curve. Right, and they have a curvy ass like, team. Yeah, going and they made like a drapey product. Do you know what I mean? So right. Mm. Like, and also, like, probably as big as Laylene's boobs are, she probably has the smallest boobs of the team. Yeah. Laylene's uh, hot, man. <laughs> oh, she's, the, she's a fucking smoke shot. Like, she's stunning. I can't take it because, like, I watch it and, like, just seeing her whole, and when she's stunning, I can't, I can't handle it. I can't she's believe. So beautiful. I can't believe she didn't get, like, something, some type of modeling contract out. I like, have a really- feeling that has to do with her anxiety. And also, because that was part of the thing, I think the benefit of putting her as the model, too, is because if the cooking 
challenge was any indication asking her to do anything is a recipe for no pun intended for an overthinking disaster so it was best to just have her stand there and let them all work around her instead of expecting her to do something and hoping that she would come through and she's been on a stage as she said well yeah we'll get to that uh so the ladies are all going through different fabrics and trying to put things together and the leftovers start draping fabric around Dara and saying, you know, oh, you're not going to be able to wear a bra, so we're going to have to duct tape your boobs, which I feel like now that I'm thinking about it was like one of the first times I had ever seen that. Like, we now know that that's what goes into a lot of these red carpet looks. But like, I don't remember. That doesn't, go into like, that doesn't go into red carpet looks for women who are that busty. That that's is why, true. That's why I think it's bullshit that Crystal was like, well, we're going to have to do this because all models have to do this. No, baby. Models who have B cups do this. Yes, okay. And yeah. it's like it has a few strips of duct tape. No one is like duct taping their whole titty. I mean, no. I've seen actually, no, I've seen Kim Kardashian do it. But like, boobs. but still, though, she's not working with the same situation that Dara is working with. No, not at all. And, and what I think Dara's body is. Oh, I think it's like, fantastic. Me too, and they make it sound so bad. And when she comes well, out with the dust corset later, I'm like, girl, you look good. Like, that's, I mean, I mean, well, because this is the time where, you know, you've got like Paris Hilton and yeah. like Lindsay, like Lindsay Lohan, was my, Lindsay Lohan was my only boob hope because I, I think I've said this on the podcast before that I grew up as a little girl praying for boobs. Yep. And I prayed for boobs only. For by the time that I got them, butts to be in style. And I'm like, I prayed for the wrong thing. <laughs> I should have prayed for both. I should have prayed for both. I only got one that wasn't as trendy by the time it came around. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, no, they're duct taping her boobs. It's a disaster. So back to the alphas. Uh, so that whole very bossy group is like trying to put these like feather cup looking things like over Laylene's boobs and Laylene is very skeptical and Shatara goes I'd totally rock that and I'm like I that is the most honest thing you have yeah we know girl didn't you rock it last season I mean right that boob sling the boobs it's it's only a step away from the boob sling to be quite honest and all the other ladies are like laughing and like kikiing about the outfit and you know that that's probably Shatara's shit like pasties and shit that's probably oh 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 I'm sure and but Laylene's like, oh, I'm not super comfortable showing skin, and sh- I don't want people to think that I'm stripping anymore, which like made me so sad that she said that. Um, but then we get, as I no mentioned, wrong with it. as I mentioned, Make like hours ago, it feels like uh, the flashback <laughs> to Flavor of Love, where we get like the lie detector test scene with uh, Brigitte, where she opened up about being a stripper, and like the Five Senses contest, where she's doing the silhouette thing, and. She tells them that she wants to be subtle sexy from behind a curtain, but then comes out in a stripper dress. Yeah. Like it is a it's dress. The way to put it. it is a dress that you would see at like what's that? Scores? That's one of them. Yeah, like, but you know what I mean? Like that, like the one where they dress in the gowns, probably like walk around the pole to like Lady in Red. Like oh my- you know, like it's that kind of dress. So the it, ones I've been now, to, they're not walking around in gowns. Have you wait, wait? So we've established you've never been to. I've not been to the scores one. No, no, no. no to the one that is Bada Bing. Oh no! Because uh, for, for those who don't know, we shout live, out to Satin Dolls. Yeah, Satin. 
the satin dolls. It's That's the one from dolls. the Sopranos. It's where they right. Had bada bing for the Sopranos. Yes. It, to travel to from our apartment to our hometown, we have to pass it. We pass that place like and a million we times. We pass I pass it almost every And we time. still haven't been. Um and now that I'm But it's like the it's just more of a it's a topless, more like go go bar as opposed to a strip club. Yeah. Support so, the workers. Yes, always. Absolutely, hundred oh, yes. percent. Uh so always. they it's amazing how much strip clubs come up on the show. Uh so <laughs> Because that's well, what we brought up a couple episodes ago. The one that they go to on Flavor of Love is the one that I wanted to uh, go the to one when in we were in Las Vegas. And uh, you the didn't Vegas want to go. It's not that I didn't want to go. Yes, you did. You said no. I don't want to go. That is a lie. I would never turn it down. I want to go to <laughs> Feather. You guys talk about it. Oh, my God. Oh, please she, please she come to New feathers. Jersey and we'll go, we'll go, so go to Feathers. And that's, uh, it's, I love Feathers. That's also, that's also probably like 10 to 12 minutes from us. Feathers is so close. Yeah. It's right, well, you know where. We're close to a lot of strip clubs as well. Well, no, Feathers <laughs> isn't a strip club. We've established oh, it's just feathers. a gay it's, bar? It's a gay bar. And they, they do uh, heavy pours oh, for very low prices. So cannot say Well, you start out at Feathers, then you go to a strip club. Right. It's all within a 10-minute ride, no matter where you go. It kind of is, yeah. Uh, so the back to the gown, it is gorgeous. And she looks spectacular in it. She well, yeah. is like in it's like it's open from between the boobs down across her stomach to her leg it becomes like a very big slit down her leg it's a sexy dress it's a gorgeous dress but i love that she's like i want to do more subtle sexy and it is aggressively sexy it's a, yeah. like, not very it's, subtle right it's and all the ladies are start laughing because they're like girl is this what subtle is to you like what and even Shay points out, like, my cousin wears this dress when she strips. Like, <laughs> like that was one of the only times we heard from Shay the whole episode, but I thought I know. it was so funny. That and her very interesting comment later on. Uh, so we we cut back to the leftovers. Uh, Crystal says, like, she wants to go for a soft and flowing motif. So she wants to put feathers on Dara's eyelashes. Which at first doesn't sound like it would be terrible to me. Uh, I because I listen, right? Couture. They're going for couture. It's supposed to be over the top. I felt. I mean, maybe it's it was because point. I know I knew how the ultimate result turned out. But like, I was like, oh, this is gonna be bad. Like, I wouldn't trust this crowd with a feather lash concept. I don't know. That was her idea. That was the only thing she said. She goes, so our theme is going to be soft and flowy. I'm going to put feathers in your eyelashes. Like, that was the only thing she said to go with it. Like, there was no other ideas. We're just <laughs> it, it gets, like we said, it gets worse. So uh, <laughs> Becky, Becky, who does a 180 from this viewpoint later on, is like, Crystal's really holding the team together. And I'm glad she's taking charge. So then Crystal, again, this is the kind of thing where it's like Crystal says this and it doesn't seem as sinister until somebody else turns it around and makes it sinister because they, they've given the instructions. You can use anything inside or outside of the house. Crystal says, you know, what matches these feathers is the window shears. Jen then proceeds to say in a talking head that they use the window shears because it was the only thing fabric wise that would fit her. They had, it is important to note that they had rolls of fabric. Big, hashtag big mood, no pun intended. Like, (laughs) designers were going to mood size rolls of fabric. You're expecting me to believe 
that they did not have enough to to suit Dara? Are you kidding me? Like, fuck, oh, the fat phobia is out of control. It's weird that they don't show us any of the materials they are given. Like, they show us the fabrics, but it's like, I don't think they have a sewing machine, do they? Oh, I don't think that they would have even trusted them with a sewing machine. Like, it's literally, that's why I don't think they gave any of, like, either teams any guidance on what to do. But yeah. it's like, here's like some glue and some scissors and just some mm-hmm. a few fabrics. Just well, I think, whatever. I guess from a production standpoint, like best case scenario, well, worst case, best or worst case scenario, they come up with a really good dress. Best or worst case scenario, they come up with a hideous dress and then it's really entertaining. Makes good TV. So, yeah. Right. So, I mean, there's no way that it wasn't, there's no wrong answers. So there was no wrong results. Right. So then Becky starts pulling shit off of the walls. She is cutting the trim from pillows. And she's like, I like doing this kind of thing. I'm sort of kleptomaniac-ish. You need help. They don't um, use, they barely use any of that stuff either. And it's like, you're right. They didn't use any of the fabrics. Like, girl, you couldn't use a pop of color. We can't put a print in here. Like, that's, I mean, on, no. well, we'll talk about it. I like hate the dress but i'll explain why in a little bit so becky and crystal are doing the most work kind of putting the dress together but brooke and jen are like fucking off in the corner not fucking off while in the corner not fucking off in a corner (laughs) (laughs) becky's like this is bullshit jen is jennifer supposed to be designing and here she is you know not doing doing anything anything. being the worst so very quickly, we see the alphas pulling out different fabrics. First, they pull out a Burberry-inspired print, which I was like, right, we are definitely in the 2000s. Like, that was, like, the coolest shit. Like, oh, that Burberry print. Uh, but they ultimately decide to go with one that's, like, it looked like a very different color initially than it ultimately ended up being, but it's, like, an orange and gold giraffe print. Like it's like a it's like an orange and pink giraffe print on the bottom with like a gold sort of print on top of it. Yeah, it's probably it looks kind of like it, they call it like embossed. So yes, embossed. Of, yeah, yeah, it had like the gold overlay of yeah. something, and it looked um, it kind of just looked crackled. Do you remember like that yeah. uh, polished crackle? Like that's what it looked. Yes. Like it also at first it really looked to me and i don't know if this was just the way the light was hitting it or the definition of the camera but it looked like the like the embossing was um it looked like string lights like yeah. a holiday print like holiday christmas tree lights like that's what i thought it was at first over an orange and pink giraffe print i was like what the fuck is going on but then it made sense when you see it as a whole so uh they're really confident in this one, especially Shatar, who's like, it's a design by Shatar, so there's no way we can lose. Mm-hmm. She's winning stuff. She she be winning. Believe in that confidence. She'd be winning. I do think this is like the challenge to have her on your team. Exactly. I, this is it. Because like she's actually gonna be creative and think outside of the box. And this is the one time that like you have to do that. And all those other girls, like they basic with some of that shit. Like Shatar. Yeah. We can use these sequins or the spur. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I guess look you're what right. I have. Just like pulls it out of her pants. Right. She's like, oh, actually, I brought this from home. It's like, girl, what? She's like the yeah, fashion. She's like a Mary Poppins bag. 
what, mean, was, <laughs> what was the name of Keenan's character on all that, wherever he had shit in his like fucking overalls? Oh, I don't remember. The repair. No, no, not repair, repair man. man. That was Kel. There's a character though, because we're like, how? Yeah, how are we gonna get to like our basketball game? He's like, hang on, I got it, and he pulls like a full airplane out of his overalls. I don't remember. Like that, that is what she is when it comes to fashion stuff. So back to the. It would left- go over so much better if I knew his name. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bag and sag and Barry. Okay. Is that right? I I it sounds I don't right. Know. Did it click anything in your it, head? Sort of. Keenan Thompson. Bagging. All that. Let me see. So and while Mike looks this up, uh, sorry. No. The the leftovers are goofing off, yes. and Dara's dancing around with a feather boa, and she's got the pillow tassel on her boob. And Crystal's like, oh, Dara's got great legs, so that we're going to show them off in a very classy way. They don't end up doing that, by the way. Uh, and they said she has great boobs, so they're going to show off a little bit of cleavage. And, you know, they're taking that sexy back note from earlier, and they're going to show off her back. So Courtney comes down with her serious judge face on to check in on, like, what their responsibilities are. And... She notices Jen isn't there, and Becky's like, oh, she went out for a smoke break. And then Brooke does this whole thing about how Courtney's probably going to side with her, and she's giving me signals without actually giving me signals. And, you know, Courtney goes back up, and the ladies are feeling confident. Uh, What we see of the dress so far is it's clearly kind of like a Grecian Roman-inspired. It reminds me very well, I brought this up later, but it just, it's very toga party chic. Yeah, it is. It's not. As, it, it's not terrible. As a former Greek goddess contestant, this oh. looks like this. Oh God, we're not going to bring those pictures up. That was a. That was a night. <laughs> Mike's just shaking his head in disgust. Uh, <laughs> so as as we see the leftovers working on their dress, uh, somebody is creeping around outside and peering in the window, and it is Shatar spying from the outside uh she says she's spying because crystal as the professional model probably has some inside information into couture which i love i think that's like one of my favorite lines she probably knows like she has inside information on couture bitch you're the one that always says that you know everything about couture but also like that's like giving crystal a lot of credit like I, she never struck me as Crystal. that kind of model. Exactly, Crystal's not a fashion model. She's like a photography model. Like that girl is yes. not walked in a runway. And or you she's know- walked in like a. She's walked in. She could have walked in a runway show, but in the same way that I'm convinced that that is how. That's how uh, Delicious and Raymond Santana met. Like that type of fashion show. You know what I mean? Like, you I don't think that. When she calls it the catwalk and not the runway. When they she said catwalk earlier, I was like, okay, girl, we, we know what the type of shows you were doing. Yeah. Which is cool. Yes. Right. Absolutely. But it's a very different. It's not that kind of fashion, which yeah. also further illustrates how little Shatar actually knows about fashion. So. Then Shatara says that what she saw, because she fully went into it, assuming Crystal would be the model, like, she sees that Dara is the model, and she's like, what I saw was totally ridiculous. I mean, the model is Dara, hello. And this is what I'm saying, where it's like, all the bigger girls seem way harder on each other, in a way that feels very, like, we don't do that. Like, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, 
you know, it, I feel like it, it speaks a lot to Dara's confidence that she really like felt comfortable doing that, knowing mm. how hateful everybody was going to be. And Dara, I love Dara in the beginning, even when they were like, Dara can be the model. Dara's like, I can walk. I know how to walk. And she started walking and I was like, the bitch can walk. Like she can. <laughs> she can. So, uh, so she goes back, uh, Safari, Safari, Shatar goes back to her team being like, oh, it's, it's a basic beige kind of dress. It looks like tissue. So Safari is like, well, Larissa and I don't have shit to do. So let's go down and like shit on them. So all the leftovers are kind of gathered around Dara working on stuff. We see Crystal's thong fully out. And I'm like, that shot is for Mike and Mike alone. (laughs) That's That's what I'm here for. So, and we're watching them attach a tumbleweed to her foot with tape. The things that happened to poor Dara's feet in this episode (laughs) is absolutely heartbreaking. And I would hate to think about the days after, because I know we haven't gotten there yet, but when they glue, they glue feathers on this girl's toenails. A mess. A mess. Just- I, can, I cannot. I cannot. Can you imagine trying to get it off, guys? Because All of you it. couldn't get it off. It would be like little strands left there. Over days. And they would just come off and they'd be stick to your feet after the shower. It just a nightmare. I, they would track over everything because you know that they they were picking feathers out of because they you know that none of them really ever like fully unpacked like a bunch of them are still pulling stuff out of their suitcases so like you know that there were feathers in everybody's suitcases for days afterwards they took feathers back home to wherever the fuck they went it's like sand at the beach right it was like that so and the, feathers were the main concept of the whole outfit were the yep. feathers remember yep. that Yes. <laughs> important important to hold on to that just on your eyebrows so, never mind so safari is horrified by the fact that dara is the model and she's like oh she's covered in all that fabric like a big giant i don't even know again like so much shaming again it's like the same thing with shatar where it's like your bodies are not all that different from dara's like you're not really in a position to be so disgusted by the way that she looks Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, I mean, you shouldn't be regardless, but like, you know, it's pot meets kettle. Safari and Larissa are like hysterical laughing. Larissa says that Dara looks like a big ass tamale. And Larissa then decides, oh, she comes back upstairs to her team to say that, but then goes back downstairs to be like, oh, where did the curtains go? And then goes, is she really that big? Ugh. Savage. Disgusting. Oh my god. What a bitch. Uh, so Crystal is, you know, sitting, having a beer, which is, like, kind of interestingly illustrates, like, skinny privilege that she gets to just sit back and drink a beer while they're, like, roasting the big girl for existing and trying to be a good team player. Mm. She's sitting in, like, what looks like a phone closet, which is kind of nuts because I didn't think they were allowed to call home. But, uh, you know, and they're Larissa and, Sh- and Safari are calling her Big Mother Earth, and it's it's just gross. Um, I Crystal- think it's just, oh, yeah, Crystal kind of something about like talks about them joking, but also at the same time, I feel like she's almost just as bad as them. If this girl knows all this stuff about the fashion industry and modeling, she knows that what she's putting on her 
isn't doing anything for Dara. They're yeah. setting her up for failure. So it's 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 like a it's like an ignorance. Like yeah, man, it sucks. Yeah. So we get a quick shot. This is kind of pointless about the leftover, like just a leftover moment where Becky goes to talk to Jennifer outside, and you know, saying in a talking head that Jen hasn't contributed anything, and it's but it's probably for the best because she dresses horribly, as we've already established. Uh, Becky says that she thinks the judges are gonna want to pick them because of Dara, and uh, that Brooke and Courtney's friendship is gonna work in their favor. So it's the end of the night and we go into the next day. Everybody's getting dressed and putting the finishing touches on the dresses. We see like the alphas snap into fucking action. They all know their roles and they are doing them. And Laylene is getting her makeup done. And at first it looks like really normal and really good. You know, they're putting the powder on, doing the lashes. And then next thing you know, they cut away to them getting ready and they cut back. And Laylene's got all these fucking gems going down her face and i'm like she's so stupid what did you do you just undid and then she's got like a feather over one eyebrow like that part i kind of liked the, it kind of worked but like yeah. the gems around her face super unnecessary way too much so at first that we're like wow that's about as bad as it could possibly get right like what a disaster we cut back to the leftovers who, as Danielle mentioned, are gluing feathers to Dara's toenails and straightening her hair. I, I like, which is my own separate issue. Like, I kind of, I wish they hadn't done that. And they like talk about the heat damage that they would have to undo just for this. Well, like your whole silhouette's supposed to be flowy and then you're going to do flat hair. That makes yep. sense. Yep. It just like, and the thing is, it would have been such a nice like, if she had, if they had left her hair like curled, it would have been such a nice like, muses from Hercules kind of look. Like oh it would God, have been a nice hair that'd be so pretty. That would be. It would be so. Uh, they could have hair and makeup. We almost have it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, meanwhile, Jen is asleep. Because she fucking sucks. Uh, back to the alphas. They're like putting this giant Kentucky Derby style headpiece. Like it looks like a giant wide brim hat. Very like Kate Winslet a la Titanic. Like looking up at the ship. Uh, and Second like, Titanic reference. Yeah, I know. Uh, mm. And they're feeding a ponytail through it. Honestly, I kind of like that look a lot. That oh, aspect yeah. of it I love. Very cool. Very cool. So Keith and Courtney come down in what is clearly a Tim Gunn inspired moment. <laughs> like a hundred percent. Like that was, he was clearly like, let's put the old stern white gay down to like ask them questions about their, the choices that they've made. Watching so, Keith walk through the rooms is so weird because the rooms are disgustingly dirty. And then like mess. Keith is going over like piles of like bras and all yes. kinds of shit and he's I'm like, like oh. stepping over all this shit and it's already crowded enough because there's obviously the whole crew the the lights the cameras all of that jazz they're already sequestered into a corner plus the room is messy plus the ladies are all running around like crazy it is it's sensory overload for sure so he wants them to he wants the alphas to kind of explain their motivation and gosh 
Shatar says their theme is Japanese garden. And I swear to God, my jaw fucking dropped because I'm like, you know that these prejudiced ass bitches were like, you're Asian. Let's do an Asian thing. The cultural appropriation that comes after this, because she says Japanese gardens, and then isn't Shay Korean Chinese? And I was like, bitch, you don't even know. (laughs) Those are three completely different things. Like, three completely different styles. Do we know exactly what Leilene is? Or what the, like... I... I'm trying to think if it ever comes up. I'm not sure. I'm also not convinced that she's not at least part white. Oh, I think she's definitely part white because like, I I think 100% she's part white. I, but I'm no, I am not clear on her ethnic, like her Asian ethnic makeup, but you could tell that they're just like, Oh, we'll do Asian because you're Asian. Right. And I love that Shay also is like, we're going for like a Korean Chinese type of thing. Like it's really, really elegant and classy. Sure. Because nothing has classy, like gold embossed, orange and pink giraffe print. Which then Keith trying to say giraffes aren't classy? No. (laughs) How dare you. But then Keith brings up the solid point of if you're going for an Asian-inspired look, why did you pick something that's like African safari? Like modern African safari inspired. She just goes, it's safari. But what they say later on the runway, or what they say later, I think is true. And that's kind of why I thought they picked that fabric anyway, because it looks like a koi fish. Yes, yes. I guess that was their logic, but let's be realistic. It's giraffe print. Like, it's, you know, whatever. So, uh, Keith then also points out that they went a bit dramatic on the makeup and says that Laylene looks like a corpse, which they did do very white face on her. But I guess that could have potentially been like a geisha yeah, and I definitely think it is. I mean, another oh. culturally inappropriate thing because they don't know where they're pulling from. They know nothing no. about anything. Like, no. Leilene, I feel bad saying this, but like, obviously, because Leilene's Asian, but she obviously doesn't even know that much about it because no. she's not speaking up about it. And she's mm-hmm. not like, hey guys, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, I know that we didn't have the language to, like, the average person did not have the language to expand on cultural appropriation, but like, I mean, so hard right now that's yeah i don't know it's right so but i mean like this is the part where i was kind of like expecting to go into like hate keith for like tearing them apart but i was like kind of agree with everything he said <laughs> so make it work make it work uh so then uh keith and courtney go to check on the leftovers and conveniently now jen is awake perfect timing uh so Keith asks also again for the inspiration for the design. Becky's like, oh, it's like freedom, free flowing, free spirit. And then Keith catches like Dara's feet. Like, and he literally does like a, like, this worries me. Like he looks deeply concerned. And Crystal's like, oh yeah, we also created a sandal. Like he wasn't asking what you were doing with her feet to be like, great idea. He was like, what are you doing with her feet? It looks like a disaster. And Crystal's like, we have a sandal and we know that that sandal is literally duct tape and a tumbleweed. I'm not even exaggerating. Yeah, and you see her go on the runway. There's no sandal. It's literally ribbon and tape. You're exactly right. Oh, we'll, no- we'll get to what happens on the runway because- it's a mess. Like, it's, okay. So, 
Keith asks, oh, like, are you all contributing? And they cut over to Jen on the other end of the room, like, doing her own hair and makeup. But then we get a whole segment of them trying to tape up Dara. So Crystal's like, oh, she couldn't wear her normal girdle, which I was like, was Spanx in the lexicon at this point? Like, or, like, I feel like, but I also kind of feel, uh, I kind of feel, Dara actually refers to it as a girdle a couple different times. So, I, I mean, I guess... It also feels very, like, auntie to me, like, that even though it is probably Spanx, she's, like, referring to it as, a, or, like, shapewear, that yeah. she is, like, referring to it as a girdle just because, like, she kind of seems like an old lady. That's probably what her, like, family called it, and she right. just, like, calling it Exactly, that, yeah. exactly. So they're taping her up, which, as we mentioned before, they do tend to do on red carpets and fashion shows and stuff, but, like, and I not swear I'm not this. saying this to be fat shamey at all but it's like it's a lot of surface area that you have to cover with a lot of tape and like not even to like shame them or her but it's just for like effectiveness like it's it's not a good strategy Mm -mm. (laughs) uh so she they're taping her up and uh dara's actually being such a good sport about it because she's yelling out she's like oh i've been through worse like this is nothing and i'm like you're so you're great but jen Crystal says something. She's like, "Yeah, this is what we all have to do." And I'm like, "This is what drag queens have. Right. <laughs> drag queens do this, not models." And I also thought about that. I was just like, "Because that's why it just made me so upset that they kept putting all this tape on her because that's not how it normally is." I guess like she was. Well, I guess because they're not only taping her boobs, they're taping her waist. Oh, yeah, they're giving her a shape. Like they're trying to shape her, which is what drag queens do. Right. Exactly. Drag queens who like aren't don't have the access to the shapewear that your average runway model would have in this kind of context for this yeah jen go literally calls it disgusting and this is the worst and goes and goes i'm not gonna touch it like good luck okay girl but you were touching your vagina all over the internet like come on do not and i'm not saying like i'm not coming from that but do not it pissed me off so bad and i just like that was definitely the most hated point of the whole episode. Yes. It's disgusting, and I'm not touching that. Like, yeah, go with your vagina some more. Like, ain't nobody want to touch. Like, I don't know. That was so rude. It was. It was like because I mean, it's one thing to be like, that's a lot of work. Good luck. But it's another thing. She literally calls her disgusting. She says oh. that the process is disgusting. Now, the only thing I could see potentially being disgusting is that it seems like it's hot as balls wherever oh, they yeah. are. That disgusting for Dara because she's sweating and the the sweat the duct tape absorbs the sweat. I'm I'm going to not that I not that I I well they that's the bonus scene at the end. Oh, was it? Yeah. Uh, so they they uh the only thing I could see being disgusting is not wanting to touch somebody else's sweaty skin. Yeah, Mm. but I have a very strong feeling that that that's only part of what she was calling disgusting. So she does come out taped up, Dara, and it is certainly a lot uh, all through her stomach area, around her neck, lifting her boobs up, and they're all cracking up. And, like, I just felt so bad because it was Dara, that same sort of thing that she did at that pool party where it was like, yeah, I'm going to be in on the joke. Like, you know, I'm going to make the joke before you guys can make it kind of vibe. I it love just, Dora. It makes me so sad. Yeah, she's like, it hurts like hell, but like she <laughs> says, she just bless you that she wants to win that badly. 
So Courtney is walking around with her serious judge face on, and she's like, I don't know if she's trying to say 13 or 30 minutes. 13, one three. Are you sure? It was because that's such a weird it was 13. Okay. So uh we see the A's, uh the alphas, sorry, uh pushing the A team, pushing uh putting the finishing touches on their look, and they're very confident, and Monique is calling them down because it's showtime, and we see Dara coming down the stairs with a robe covering her dress and like what looks like a shopping bag over her head and the feather lashes. It's so all of the judges uh, are set up on the side. Literally, it looks like Project Runway. Like it looks like a low budget Project Runway that they set up. Low budget, And then they're like, like, the Grand Hall has been turned into Paris during Fashion Week. And I was like, (laughs) and I literally see the top i could see the top of the white curtains and i can see okay no. <laughs> i bet literally they're they're even sitting on the same side of the room that they are on project runway oh yeah they did the, the light- same exact kind of shot the lighting though i've noticed throughout this episode especially during the uh, runway and the elimination is so bad the lighting is so bad it's they didn't do these girls any favors. I don't know what the hell was going on, but it's they're working with what they have. They're gonna they work with out what and, thou art working with. Oh, there you go. They were following <laughs> commandment number four. Exactly. Right. They applied that logic across the board. The girls and the staff need to do it. Yeah, it just was very interesting how it was a very clear project runway reference. Rip off. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Rip off. Yes, exactly. Yes. So the alphas are up first and Shatar comes out and she's like, welcome judges, ladies, gentlemen. I'm like, ah, yes, the three genders. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are proud to present to you this evening an outfit inspired by an entire continent. Which also, right there it is, entire continent? Like Asia? Do you mean Asia? That's... Uh, problematic as fuck uh so we are proud to present to you delights of the garden so the rest of the team we see the other two teams watching backstage on a tiny little like closed circuit tv uh and i guess the producers start playing this like eastern vaguely eastern sounding kind of music and we see laylee in silhouette from behind the curtain and she comes out and honestly I loved this. Oh, she, I thought she did an amazing job. And I thought the back of the dress was so pretty. I thought it, it draped really well. It, well, because, okay, so it's worth noting that they didn't, like, construct this dress. It's the same exact dress they that took, she wore. They took the stripper dress we mentioned earlier and just attached other fabric to it and put, I noticed, I think, like, some sort of gold thing over the little metal piece, the little... um. I can't think of the word. And this should it. be considered cheating, in my opinion. Yeah. They didn't make anything. They literally took a dress, attached different fabric over it, and it followed the exact same design. That's but all it honestly, is. It should be cheating. Like, there are plenty of ways that could still go wrong. They didn't give them true. any directions, though. So, like, yeah, that's true. like I mean, directions. I would have done that. I would have just taken something I already owned and like cut it up or glued more shit to it. Right. It, it feels like a cop out, but when you think about the situation that they're in, like this isn't Project Runway. This isn't RuPaul's Drag Race. Like they they're not here to construct <laughs> looks the entire time. Like they have to work with what they're working with. 
the fabric also like looks better as a whole than it has looked in parts up until this point. So clearly it's like they they tacked fabric onto the stripper dress. They also like added some branches with leaves to her side pony and that while that sounds bad, it's actually executed very nicely. Yeah, I it was really like. cool. It was really avant-garde like just like it's supposed to look weird. It's the supposed only- to look like the only my only real critique was were the gemstones if they had just done bold color makeup instead it would have been an almost flawless look to be quite honest i agree Uh, so you don't you don't think that the shoes were cheap (laughs) (laughs) that oh i forgot about that part uh so we we only really get a talking head we watch the judges watching her and we get a talking head from courtney saying you know laylene came out first she she popped it and threw her head back and she was prancing down on the wrong way and i was like damn this bitch is really good i swear i'm not trying to make fun of her i just love it, it me just reading her lines doesn't really do it justice like you need to try to read it with an accent so uh, the alphas are losing their fucking minds backstage, and like she is working it. So like that because that's the thing. No, it's not it. just it's not just that the outfit looks good. And I was like very nervous because they attached a lot of extra fabric. So and she's holding it up like she's clearly trying not to she trip. Sold the garment. That's the key. Sell the garment. She yes. sold the garment. She she fucking crushed it like she she won the shit out of this if it was like an individual like rewards challenge she definitely takes the cake so she walks the runway i assume they probably had her do it more than once like back and forth back and forth back and forth yeah and but then i guess her final time where she ultimately goes backstage she bows which i was like oh okay <laughs> like yeah. clearly yeah. doing like a geisha style bow uh-huh. So obviously the leftovers are stressed and upset. Uh, yeah, Jen says in a talking head, once we saw Lean, like everything went down the toilet. You know, Dara couldn't even be in the same. I th- she I thought at first she was saying she couldn't be in the same bar as her, and I'm like, that's not the- <laughs> that's not the expression. But then she does say ballpark. So then we get the leftovers. Dar, we see Dara's silhouette behind the curtain, and she's doing all these whimsical motions. Like she was really committed to this. Like it was great. But then we do get, uh, we get very. They leave it on a cliffhanger before the commercial is what I'm trying to say. So they come back from commercial, and they are playing this like silly music. Like I don't know how to describe it, but like it's just it's clearly the music that they play during jokey segments of the show have have played it before. We'll continue to play it, whatever. So Becky says in her talking head, like basically after Laylene came out, like we were all we all knew we were fucked, like, you know, whatever. So Becky comes out and is the one presenting to the judges and says, my name is Rebecca Johnston and I'm here to present to you Walking on Air, a couture affair. And it's like one of those. Where the fuck did your accent go? <laughs> yes. I put in my notes, I was like, Becky in her best, best white voice. She, she went full Becky. And I have to say, and I did have this Rebecca. moment. I, she, no, but the Rebecca thing is. Johnson. 
Yeah. I, which is like, God, it's like, I feel like she is part of where this, I know that Becky referring to a white girl as Becky existed before her, but like, she is the reason why it exists. You know what I mean? Yeah, could it be. Yeah. Like, uh, so, but I was laughing because when we were rewatching it this afternoon, I'm like laughing because she's got like her hair down during the lesson when she takes the hat off. And I was like, God, like, it's really like shiny and uh, like, she's got nice layers cut and whatever and i'm like holy fuck she's becky with the good hair becky does have good hair oh my becky god has good hair she's like got really really, really shiny pretty hair. hair she's got hair like laylene basically mm-hmm. that's the best way to describe it it's like a lot it's cut and styled a lot like laylene's when she tries imagine if you listen to lemonade and like somehow it all ties in to the vh1 reality shows where it's like becky with the good hair what she really meant was buck wild <laughs> let's, make like, let's make it happen let's re-listen i want right i'm that's, telling you that's the theory it's we're like going Pink to assert Floyd with the uh, dark side of the moon album they say you can oh, watch yeah. it with uh wizard of oz and it somehow lines up if you started at this one moment i guarantee if we start lemonade and watch like some highlight clip show we'll find it we're gonna make I this work know. I swear to God. You sound insane. Um, well, that is insane. My boyfriend, my my boyfriend, Mike, tried to get me to watch that, like, recently. The other <laughs> yeah? I was, I was, like, two minutes in, and I was like, all right, like, this is enough. Like, I don't know. Like, we're, <laughs> we're past. It's like, right, right, I don't care enough about any of this, right? So, uh, I believe you. So, as, uh, so Becky goes off stage, and we see the silhouette again of Dara uh, behind the curtain, and producers literally do a drum roll, and then Dara steps out. And so to be honest, I really like, it seems so silly because we're talking about window shears, but like, I really like the colors. Like I like the, the tan overlay over the white and how it looks on her skin. And I think that in a better executed dress, it would have looked really great. I think it's all the styling, right? Because yeah. the feathers, and that's what it is. And it, I hate saying it like this. This sounds so cheesy, but that's why so many looks go to the bad end is because it has terrible styling. And the colors did look really good on her. It was like champagne type of feeling, yes. like mm. gold. And you could tell, like, I thought the top, I thought the halter top was a good decision. I thought all of that was a good decision. But like the way the, they manipulated the fabric was just yes. horrible. Because I was going to say, because I mean, I was trying to think how they could have made this better. And to be honest, like the the halter top was probably their best bet. But like they didn't, and this is obviously because they're not actual yeah, there's, fashion there's designers. No, there's no way they could have done it because you would have to, you would have had to sew or do actual things to it. Again, as somebody with big boobs and like a high, smallish waist, like who has had attended her fair share of toga parties, it becomes that sort of flap at the side when you're lazily constructing that sort of halter toga thing that like that's kind of what really did her in because I also liked the idea of it being like a long whimsical looking skirt like if you take the top half half the top half out of it I really liked the way the skirt kind of looked on her I don't know like I thought that it it would have been like completely flowing when she walked down she should have had on heels when she walked down it would have just opened up and showed off her nice legs Yes, it would have like, been really and drapey. I think that that would be like a good look for her, like a very belt, like if it was just like the skirt, like a ballet inspired, if she had worn it with like a black, like 
le- not a, well, obviously we'll not for this purpose. Designed no, but I'm no, no, no. But I'm saying work. like if this were like in terms of making it like an everyday look, it would be like a ballet kind of inspired skirt, and if she had on like a a uh, spaghetti strap leotard, like black leotard, and it would be like a nice sort of ethereal ballet inspired look. But instead, it kind of looks like a hot mess. And also, it's worth noting that when they straightened her hair because of the length of her hair at the time they made that poor girl look like lord farquaad oh my god am i am i wrong or... i didn't think about did it you, did you think the makeup that they put on her was like, like really dark i i don't i think i was too distracted by everything else going on to pay attention to the makeup to be quite honest with you i i, I don't think i even noticed i think they made her like exceptionally darker with the makeup and i thought that was weird because i don't know i just thought the makeup and the hair just didn't hit at all and i was like yeah. is that her that you guys are using because it just didn't look like her shade it made it like they made her a lot darker and i think like it kind of like especially once the the feathers because they literally like stuck feathers to her eyelashes like it 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 then became so distracting. And I guess that they were trying to go for a minimalist look makeup wise overall that the feathers end up washing her out. Like it just, it, it was too distracting. So Monique is horrified in her talking head. Like she's like practically covering her face. Like, what is that? Like literally horrified. Uh, Larissa calls her a chocolate ass big bird. And then follows this. This was my thing during the course of the episode. She can't walk on air. Look at her. She's as big as a house and starts laughing her ass off. So well, the, sound, the sound that you hear while she's walking on the I, that I was, was like, my next note. Like, what is this? What is that sound? Um, what was so, it? so it is like, and they, and you can tell that they purposefully didn't put it like any sort of scoring behind it. All you hear, and this is not, you can tell it's not production added in. It's maybe production amplified, but not them adding a sound effect in after the fact. You hear crunching. It's the tumbleweed sandal. You hear crunching from the tumbleweed sandal. And I just was crying. Like, I was like, once I heard that, like, the crunch, like, if there's no other sound but the crunching, I was hysterical laughing. It's also, I also, you see quickly, and it gets worse from this observation, but you, when they do kind of a close-up on her, they stuck blonde extensions underneath her Lord Farquaad hair that go down into her cleavage. At first, I was like, is that, like, additional fabric that they did to sort of be, like, sort of like a strappy, how they do, like, the bralettes now, like a strappy down your chest? I was like, is that what that is? And then I was like, oh, no, those are hair extensions coming out of her head down into her cleavage then this is like where i was thinking like when you said before like the cruel editing they do a close-up in her back that is like a really like lazy production style shot but they do it so they can show her back rolls and her back sweat that's the only reason why they kept it in you can clearly see that her back is dripping sweat yeah. And it's like, and the alphas are just backstage, like laughing their fucking asses off. Like, and, you know, and Courtney even does a talking head. Another one, again, so this ties back into what we were saying before. Courtney, who we think is going to be like, oh, you know, like I admire her confidence, like something sweet and encouraging, goes, oh, I didn't know they had big ass models doing couture. 
Bitch, you don't even know anything about Couture. Didn't you just say you don't know what fucking Couture is? Like, oh. So, Monique's like, Monique actually makes the point too. Like, I'm not sure, quite sure what Dara was walking on, but it wasn't air. It was tumbleweed. Well, she doesn't say tumbleweeds, but I'm answering her. It was tumbleweed. Uh, and Shay in her talking head says, I would have never put Dara in that dress. Her back looked like rolls of Twinkies and fat and says the whole outfit was comedy. I'm... And the worst part is, I can't imagine that if you were to ask any of them about it today, that any of them would, like, feel bad about saying this on television. Well, I mean, obviously, Courtney still has the same feeling about sex workers, like a right. lot of those contestants do. And, like, but revealing yourself, right. And, like, and, I mean, Shay is still getting her, her primary job still is, like, being a mess on reality television for vh1 so i can't imagine that she's progressed in too many ways so mm. you know and becky says in a talking head uh oh so uh so she goes backstage monique calls them all back out and becky goes all the judges have looks of despicableness and disgrace on their faces uh so they so the results are in uh Monique asks the alphas first who designed the dress and they say Shay and Shatar. Tim's like, oh, how did you go about like constructing the dress, like putting it together? And Shay's like, oh, we wanted to use the Japanese garden as a theme and the fabric reminded us of koi fish, which I was like, I mean, I guess. And then like somebody, I forgot who says it, like, is like, oh, because the koi fish are gold and orange. And it's like, orange, yes, gold? Not quite. <laughs> uh, so uh i love this part another thing that they added in it was funny but like it was clear they added it in to like show courtney as like a country bumpkin where they have her in a talking head going like one thing that impressed me was that they knew exactly what kind of fish the fabric came from <laughs> which i'm like picturing like them somebody skidding a koi fish for it's like pelt you know like oh that's not how that fucking works and she's like they kind of look like the kind of fish and I'm like, in North Carolina, they do have hibachi restaurants. Like, you've seen a koi pond before, I'm sure. Yeah, can um, you picture her going into the store, too, and seeing a print like that, being like, well, that's koi fish. Or no, she would just, I don't know what she would think that it was, but, like, I feel like it then clicked once they said it, which is like, that's not what it is, but go off. Uh, Monique asked Laylene if she'd ever walked a catwalk before, and Laylene's like, uh, I've, uh, I've been on stage before. And then we get another flashback to the five senses challenge. Now, the thing is, this is where I got like really eye rolly about the male gaze thing, where it was like, I got why they showed it the first time where it's like, you know, that mentality where if you're just tuning into this for the first time and you don't really know the background or you were like a casual watcher, I get that you need the refresher on Laylene having worked as a stripper, but like you didn't need to show it again to make that same point. Like we established like, because Bravo's pretty big on doing that, like showing something to contextualize, like a flashback to contextualize. But like you didn't, we didn't need the context again for any reason other than just objectifying Laylene. So Keith actually does say to her, which I was surprised. I think this is the first nice thing he's ever said on the show to date was that if he was at a show and deciding who he was going to hire, like for a model, like he would hire her. I mean, she did crush it. So, like, Laylene said, yeah, she was like, I, like, it was like she was definitely professional, like she had done it before. 
Yeah. And Laylene says in a talking head, and I felt so bad. I mean, I feel bad for her all the time, but like, especially during this moment, she's like, it sounds really tacky, but if you have a stripper background, you can look like so much more graceful. And I'm like, that actually totally tracks. Yeah. I'm like, like duh, that, that makes total sense. Like, I it feel like. It takes a ton of confidence to get naked in front of strangers and then to do it well on top of that. Like, grace like grace and movement in your body like you have to know your body like I can I don't my body like has no movement or rhythm that's like (laughs) so like it's just really janky looking and I don't just don't think yeah she's she's got a dancer physique like not a not necessarily a stripper dancer but like a a, like a she's got a long narrow like frame for this exact she's got a graceful gait also You know, so it it like she says that like it wouldn't make sense, which it's like, damn, we really hate sex workers that much as a culture that like we can't imagine strippers being good or graceful in any capacity. Like never, the- how dare you? Right, we can't imagine a stripper being good at anything else. Right, apparently, yeah. apparently, some people still feel that way. So uh, on to the leftovers. Monique uh, asks who the dress designers were, and they say Becky and Jennifer. Tim asks Jennifer, because, like, I guess they must have gone back and been like, Jen didn't do shit. Make sure to press her on it. Yeah. Tim asks Jennifer uh, what features they were trying to highlight on Dara, basically trying to be like, oh, what did you participate on in this assignment? Like, and basically they just show Jen, like, blinking. Like, (laughs) just... Just like, um, whatever. And he's like really grilling her about it. And Dara like is going off in the talking head. She's like, she didn't answer that damn question. She's like, maybe she needs to take her fingers out of her pussy and put them in her ears to let the earwax out so she can actually hear people sometimes. I was like, tell us how you really feel. Like, goddamn. Real ass shit. I loved that. That's some real ass shit. I go off. Like, goddamn. So uh, Tim, you know, asks again, you know, oh, where, like, where did the fabric come from? And Crystal and Becky literally point behind them to the curtains. <laughs> so Monique goes, they put that baby in curtains. I mean, I, I love this. She goes, I have great taste in drapes because the color was absolutely beautiful on her, but they were much nicer against my windows. Like, we don't know that not only are you not responsible for any of this, that we didn't just see this house used on another VH1 reality show. We suspend your disbelief. We didn't. I know. I know. But also, like, I feel like I, because I guess I wasn't paying that much attention at the time, but it is so obvious that it is the same house. And yeah. if they premiered back to back, it's like you just spent, what, 10, 12 weeks watching this show only to then look around. And like, I feel like people had to have been like, didn't we just see? Didn't we just? Were we just in this house? Monique didn't pick out those curtains. Like, you know no, what I mean? Monique had nothing to do with this. Like, I, I don't know what they're trying to. I, I guess it's uh, back to that logic of like Flav's house, but it's even harder to believe now because we just saw that house being used for another purpose. Yeah. Keith asked Becky what she contributed, and she said, uh, "Becky doesn't really give herself enough credit." I get. Oh, I guess why would you? technically want to but she gives herself credit for some of the worst aspects of the dress which are the feather accents and the hair extensions which we did not realize you don't see it earlier but they do a close-up on the belt that has hair hanging off of it what the fuck were they thinking (laughs) like i don't know what they were thinking 
I like, think there's hair extensions on the dress. I think maybe they were just like, well, it adds like a different texture. But it's yeah, so- like I think it was like they. I feel like a lot of this was like they. They, they didn't have direction. They didn't know. At the end of the day, it all comes back down to they fucked these girls over to make them look dumb and be like, they don't know anything about fashion. This isn't their fashion. Like, they don't they, need to know anything about couture. I feel like they understood avant-garde in concept, but not in actuality. I, I wish they would have drove that idea more. Like, saying, like, avant-garde, because I think, like, having like an avant-garde idea versus like couture because avant-garde yes. doesn't necessarily like push like um you don't have to be like super high fashion to be avant-garde you know what i mean to be couture you have to be high fashion that is literally syn- like more what or less avant-garde? synonymous avant-garde means just like kind of out there it's like like, uh, like art like real fashionable like real wearable art, art. Yeah. yeah right like modern funky like gotcha. in that your sh- face a little bit more that shit you see on the runway that you know you're not gonna see like a lot right. is avant-garde like when somebody walks down the runway with a telephone on their head okay right. so oh so it'd be like in uh zoolander with derelict yes, yes. More like, yes. okay that makes sense <laughs> I got so we there. can ma- have it make sense in your like straight white dude brain it, well, it worked. <laughs> we got there we got there yes so I crystal, two very good teachers thank you uh crystal <laughs> Crystal says in her talking head, like, I'm from Detroit, the hair capital of the world, which I'm like, is that what Detroit is known for? I don't know. I would have thought like Atlanta. I guess I was thinking like more like Atlanta because it is like that's where they do like the Broader Brothers show and all that stuff. Like, I don't know. I would think Atlanta over. I actually weirdly did know that Detroit was known for hair stuff. Are they? Are they really? They really are. And if you, I don't know, it's just because I've watched a lot of those Project Runways and like America's Next Top Model, but they they do bring up a lot of like Detroit streetwear is super influenced by like those crazy hairs. I look at that. We're all learning. Uh, Where does, side note, where does BAPS take place? Is that LA? Or is it Atlanta? Wait, Baps, is that the one with Halle, Halle Berry? Berry. I th- I'm having like a brain fart. I would guess LA. Or my nah, LA, Atlanta, or Miami? Let's see. Rock City. Uh so anyway, in the in the interim, um, because I'm not gonna be able to find it now. Uh so she says, uh she says in Detroit, people do ghetto stuff like putting hair on dresses. So like she kind of Kanye shrugs it. Let's it doesn't see, even aspiring... look like streetwear, though. So, yeah. Oh, side note: uh, Baps is there are aspiring entrepreneurs from Georgia who go to Los Angeles. So that go. is how my brain did that. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's see. Where was I? Um, Keith says the dress looks like a half plucked turkey. She said he says it looks like roadkill, which again I'm like harsh, but not completely out of bounds jen says in a talking head this dress does not reflect my contribution to this team i didn't dress her like roadkill crystal did and it's like what contributions bitch like what like you had the opportunity to speak up and you fucking didn't like this i i hate a I hate it. Oh, we'll get to it because she only gets worse with this. So, um, 
Monique is like really outspokenly hates this. And she's like, this dress didn't do anything for Dara. She says, taste less. And uh, she can see half her breast coming out of the back. And like out of uh, coming out of the back, and like you can see the rolls of her skin. Jen in a t- and does another talking head, throwing Crystal under the bus about the back thing, and says that Dara's back looked like a bunch of sausages stuffed into a bag. Uh, Monique goes on and says, you know, and she makes the point, which is like technically the point of not the challenge, but of this runway type of thing where it's like nothing. As a big woman, nothing about this outfit like looks makes me want to look and go, I want to have this. Like, I need to have this. Yeah. So Becky now does a complete 180 from her. Like, I'm so excited to be like with Crystal steering the ship goes, oh, like, oh, I totally feel like stupid for buying into like Crystal's bullshit. Like, whatever. Uh, Keith immediately, by the way. So like, I was really surprised by this, that Keith is like, also, I just want to say, I think the fact that you guys picked Dara, well, he doesn't say this verbatim, but he's like, I think the fact that you picked Dara was fucked up. And I think that it was purposefully so you could like appeal to Monique. He yes. literally calls it total manipulation. Mm-hmm. And Monique is like, I thought the same thing. And it's cool. Like, I love it. Call it out. Call him out. No, I'm glad because they, they like, they then all look mortified like that's when they knew that they were like not just regular fucked like they were fucked fucked like they but were it also shows out. that that wasn't what they were going for what do you mean that they chose dara to really go at monique all right i feel like the opposite is true they look guilty as hell mm-hmm. they all look they don't look like embarrassed they, i mean they look embarrassed but in a way that's like fuck we got exposed yeah i guess if they would have pulled it off it wouldn't have been and it would have been a non-issue would have been like oh my god you did so great and you like uplifted this plus size woman and like yeah no i think you're you're right and i think i I mean granted i think that they probably would have called them out but if it had been executed better then it would have been like i see what you guys were trying to do but at least you did it well you know so monique then does this thing i thought was very interesting so uh monique goes like if you were going, oh, this is what, oh, this is what she says. She goes, if you were going to pick the big girl, she should have been, and she kind of like hesitates, like trying to find the word. And Safari from over in the corner goes, fierce. And Monique, mid sentence, turns to her, finger up, and goes, I don't need help. Which I was like, I as somebody who works with children, I felt that deep in my spirit, just that moment where it's like, um, excuse me, like, we don't need, I don't need any assistance. I've got it under control. Like, thank you to like a little tattletale kid. Well, I just thought it was nice, too, because it's like, that's Monique's time to speak, because she's a plus-size woman. She doesn't need, I mean, obviously, Safari isn't, like, a twig, but, like, this is my, this, I, I can say this. Like, I can say what yeah. yeah. Right, because well, I'm coming from a place of, like, right, like, this is her crusade. Like, she doesn't actually yeah. need any help. So, yeah. like, and Monique then turns to Crystal and goes, what's really bothering me about this, though, is, like, this was your opportunity. Like I went into this thinking, oh, they're definitely going to make Crystal the model. And like, this was your time to show America that like, you've been saying all this time that you're the model. Like this was your time to show America that like you can model. And then ask the ladies at large, like who did any of you even consider for a second? Like Crystal should be the model. And like a bunch of them raised their hands, including Dara, I think. Um, Yeah. Dara did. She looked over and saw like everyone else. And she was like, me too girl this part was fucked up from keith where he's like 
he says to Crystal, like, you want to be a model and you have the classic proportions for couture, which I was like, does she? Like, I don't think she looks probably tall. I would assume she's probably what, five eight? Which is short for yeah. runway model purposes. Like yeah. that's, no, that's I remember true. like Eva. Yeah, fashion modeling is such like a specific like runway fashion modeling and couture modeling is such a specific specific skinny person you literally have to be built like kendall jenner like that's why kendall jenner is so successful i mean she's not like the best i mean her walk is like lackluster and leaves a lot to be desired but like in terms of (laughs) but like i mean she's got the she she's got the proportions for couture and like you know like i remember it being like a big scandal that eva on america's next top model was five seven and that she won like, I remember that being, like, a huge, like, deal. Like, a big win for the quote-unquote short girls. You know, as somebody who's 5'7", I'm like, well, I'm fucked. Uh, so, <laughs> so he says to Crystal, like, you want to be a model and you have the, like, classic proportions for couture. And turns to Dara and points at her and goes, and you don't. Which I was like, okay. You yeah, probably like, don't need to do that. She does. No one's sitting there saying she does. Yeah, this was like, so Crystal, and I do believe her when she says this, Crystal says in a talking head, like, I, my intention was not to make Dara a joke. And I believe that, like, and she's like, I just didn't want to be like I was in the front again, which I get her logic, but it was like her selfishness, oddly enough, is what did her in. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly she didn't critically think like she didn't think it through you gotta like she was so busy thinking of herself to the point that she wasn't even trying to sabotage other people like she was only in it for herself to the point of like i want to be i don't know which is she's not absorbing anything they could have won like if she would have used all her strengths like they could yeah yeah and really what any of the other teams should i mean i guess because crystal was saying from the get-go like i don't want to model i think that's probably why Safari wasn't like checking for her because you know that probably Safari in her head was like I want to be on a team with Crystal so we can put her in the outfit and we'll definitely win that way but she's not thinking of it whatever so uh Mickey who I absolutely adore in case we haven't stressed that enough uh applauds Dara's courage like to be the muse and said she wore a bad dress exceptionally well that was the best line that like, was the best that. like yeah that was so it was so, so wonderful it was so sweet it was so sincere it wasn't like yeah bullshit. It was oh, like absolutely moment. and not even and she wasn't even saying it like to shade the rest of the team yes. well, i mean obviously she was kind of but like it was clear that the main intention of that statement was to be like because because dara is crying like i was kind of questioning it for a while oh, yeah. but then towards the end of this like she does actually wipe tears away like I mean, and it's it was a her tough fault. moment for her. It's not her fault. It is yeah. not no. her fault. She did everything that she was supposed to do. She came out and worked the runway. That's it. And you know that she feels like, despite she, you know, she felt like this was her fault, even oh, though sure. not only like, not only was it not her fault because she didn't do, she didn't like. It's she feels like it's her fault for things that are out of her control. Yes. Well, because they're talking about her body and it's right, like her a- body not working yeah. and or them or them doing her right like that they're doing her body wrong yeah and it's that has to be upsetting you oh know? god i could never i know absolutely not 
so the last thing Mickey tells them is goes like, you know, I told you all to choose wisely and like clearly you didn't do that. So Dara's crying and we all feel terrible and Monique commends her for coming out and being air and, you know, thanks them and then tells them, you know, we'll see you at elimination. Oh, no, not yet. Sorry. So uh, Monique says it's time to pick a winner and a loser. She turns to Courtney and says that they made her honorary judge, but actually she's like the judge who's responsible Mm. for making the decision. And obviously, like Courtney, being the kind of person that she is, is like super stressed out by having to make the choice. So she tells her, uh, she tells Laylene that like her look is beautiful and everything came together except for the shoes. And they, we didn't see them before. They're like, I don't know, a little bit taller than kitten heel, but they're like these weird, like strappy kind of very 2000s shoes. And they actually, actually, I don't think this part looked too bad. Like they stuck like some more foliage kind of on the sides. And I thought that that worked, but the shoes were ugly. Like on a cuter pair of shoes, it would have been a better look. They were like Sunday church shoes. Yes, yes, for sure. So uh, church couture. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> right. So Courtney says, like you know, overall, like the look came together really nicely, except the shoes, which she thought looked cheap. Courtney then says she thinks Dara's dress is really nice, but it could have looked better on someone else, which is clearly like big girl shade. And it's like Courtney, you're a big girl too. Like I don't know. Well, now we know how she feels about these kinds of things so it definitely that video today despite being 13 years later informed a lot more about that statement than yep it would have previously so she ultimately chooses the alphas Laylene's team to be the winners i mean how could you not uh i literally thought about putting this up on instagram or whatever as like a poll of like which look did you like better but i mean there's no point like you know like there's there's no point there's none this whole bit is really stupid but so i'll try to zoom through it but like so the competition's done monique tells them she'll see them at elimination blah 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 so crystal is like walking up the stairs to where the rooms are and in a talking head she's like i'm really upset and i want to go talk to monique and explain my thought process So she comes in and she's like immediately sits down in the chair and is like hysterical crying. And she's like, I just want to let you know that I agree with you and I should have been the model. And I want to let you know that I was not like, and I thought that she was going to say, because she left a pause, like a pregnant pause there. And I thought she was going to say, I want to let you know that I was not trying to put the attention on myself or not whatever. She goes, I just want to let you know that I was not responsible for the dress and i was like oh no she's like becky and jen made the dress and that was not my responsibility which i was like oh my god how are you gonna sit there and like because the thing is fine i think if she had gone to monique and made the appeal of like i i was just trying to listen to the directions that you gave me i just like didn't think it through i i applied that logic in a silly way and i realized now that i made a mistake but instead she uses it to not take responsibility so it's like a double whammy of her fucking this opportunity up more or less well, it's like do you think you're only losing because they didn't like the dress you're also losing because you didn't make the right decisions and you didn't yes. do like the right teamwork it's not just about that the dress was bad girl so she's like it's only about the dress i didn't make it (laughs) right like it's like like it's easier and the thing is like you know three people are gonna get called down to the carpet like you know like we know the two we you everybody knew going into it that the two dress designers were gonna get called down but like 
who did you really think that third spot was going to go to? Like, really? Not Dara. Like, of course not. Certainly not. Um, So Monique literally, like, lets out, like, the biggest sigh and just, like, looks completely exasperated with her. And she's like, listen, I want nothing but the best for all of you. And, like, it's a team effort, you know. But, like, so tonight when I'm downstairs, like, the judges are going to deal with it. But, like, and then she, like, kind of lets her off the hook a little bit. And she's like, I just want to let you know that, like, it's not just on you. Like, this failure isn't just on you. And it's like, what? I mean, yeah, it's not, obviously. But I, thought, like, I, I thought that was bullshit. Like, it was just such a weird, like, the way Monique, like, the things Monique takes issue with with them are just very bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still hung up on, like, not that I'm the biggest fan of Heather from last week, but it's like. Who should not have been sent home. Oh, my God. We know. Um, like, I'm not the biggest fan of Heather, but, like, I'm still annoyed that the logic of sending her home was, like, she needs to toughen up. Like, what? Like, I don't I don't know. I also just don't understand. It kind of just plays off of what we were talking about earlier about Monique being, like, this character. Like, what exactly is her character supposed to be like? Like, is she supposed to be, like, this loving and knows, like, all of these, like, um, actual, like, manners and ethics and things? Or is it supposed to be, like a joke do you know what i mean and i, I mean, feel like you choose it a lot i mean i think like with any show people like, are working out their characters no i know that people yeah. are no like i feel like with any show people are working out their characters as they go and i think that some of it is like it's not so much as like knowing like etiquette and shit as much as it is like adhering to respectability politics in a way and it's sort of like supposed to be this auntie like here's what you need to do to be like a respected member of society. But like also the production is feeding in weird roundabout logic in ways that are not making a ton of sense. Like even back to the etiquette lessons from last week, when are these ladies ever going to be in a situation where they're, where they have like a fuck ton of forks, you know, (laughs) like, and this is the same thing. Like couture doesn't apply to them at all. I would have really liked it. I mean, I know we've discussed this at length, but like, I really would have liked it if they would have done like practical looks for them. Like if they would, if that would have been the focus of the lesson and it still had plenty of room to be ridiculous and over the top. I agree. But like, you know, it would be helpful to give them an overall fashion lesson. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been fun if they all had to go like work in like an office or something. You know what I mean? And they were like, okay, well now you have to like dress. Like maybe there was like three different types of offices. (laughs) I don't know. I wonder, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think if they do mock interviews at some point, because that would be the kind of thing that would be good and still entertaining to see. Well, I know that they do a mock interview of another kind but that's okay i, I don't want to spoil anything uh yeah, i have so, no idea what that is so uh no, crystal is crystal's like super relieved that monique basically let her off the hook she hugs monique and she like leaves the room and monique tells us in a talking head that like crystal's excuse was just a cop out which i'm like then why didn't you fucking say it? whatever so then crystal goes and pulls brooke to the side and she's like oh yeah so i just went and talked to monique and like told her you know like we're that like she you know that she should use the two that she should put the two designers there and like whatever which again is like that's only two out of three spaces whatever so then brooke immediately runs and tells jen what crystal just told her and then (laughs) crystal is upstairs later in the same room as jen and dara and jen's like you know 
why did you like go and talk to Monique? And and then like I hear Crystal go like I didn't or something. And like oh she goes, I didn't tell her shit. And it's like, but you just you did. Huh? Like they don't know that. But then Dara, I love this. Dara, who's not involved in the conversation, does gets her own talking head going, I hope Jen goes home because she didn't fucking contribute anything. Like <laughs> not even mad at Crystal. So uh so Jen's like, oh, I just like I wish she would have like come to me and told me that you went, which is like, what sense would that make? And Jen and Crystal goes, Oh, so you want me to tell you when I go wash my ass? Which is like that was so honestly ridiculous and i wanted to be like girl now we know that you're like you're lying that's, like you know what i mean you're lying yeah like, right that because that does, that response doesn't make sense the whole conversation doesn't make sense so then jen i like i think the thing that irritates me the most about jen is that she has this weird like holier than thou attitude when she really doesn't deserve it like given that she is like one of the biggest hot messes from flavor of love in general period very true. She goes, I just think like going to Monique was like a super immature way to handle the situation. But like, I don't care about what Crystal says because there's no way she's going to stay and win. Ugh. So then Dara, because she observed this whole conversation, then runs to Becky and Shay, who was also in the room, and goes like, oh, yeah, Crystal went to Monique. And Becky's like, what the fuck? I hope Crystal gets sent home. Like, but I'm sure Monique, like, sees right through her bullshit. But then also because I this is how you know that Becky is like a TV watcher, that she's like, oh, Thela, when Thela went to go talk to her, she got sent home. So it's like one of those, like, I don't know, like a superstition kind of like TV trope thing. Notes. You take notes. That shit matters. Right. So she's like, oh, Thala went to go talk to her and like she got sent home. So hopefully the same thing happens to Crystal. So then they're all getting dressed and Monique calls them down for elimination. Um, Monique reminds them that the lesson was about style and creating the best look. Not how it panned out, but sure. Crystal in a talking head says, despite how the dresses look, she still deserves to be here because she worked her ass off. Okay. I I raise my eyebrows because sure, I forget that this is an audio. Right, sure, Jan. Like I <laughs> right. So Monique says to all of them, you know, I don't want to seem cruel, but that dress was a mess. Like I can't dress it up. It was absolutely horrible. So she calls down to the carpet, Becky, who's like, yeah, I figured as a designer, like this yes. was going to happen. Jennifer, who literally goes, I am shocked that I'm in the bottom three. You fucking. And then Crystal, uh, who is now called down, who's three out of three for being in the bottom three. Keith uh, says that it was a really bad outfit and was stunned that none of them like spoke up and said like, this outfit is not working. Like, <laughs> anything this shit sucks. at any time. Right. Anything please. at any point. Like nobody stood up and said something. Um, Mickey agrees and says that they didn't bring their best selves to this project and that they really did Dara wrong. So this is when Monique like goes to each one of them individually and the other judges or deans give their critiques. They start with Crystal and Keith says, you know, I know we've talked about you modeling, but we talked about like we've given you shit about it because you weren't modeling in that instance. Like and he literally goes like if there was one moment you could be the model, this was the moment. Hello. Uh and Monique, uh, Monique, uh, Mickey says, I think your motives were very selfish and I'm still not clear on why you did this. 
which like would have been an opportunity for her to explain like i didn't think i wanted the attention whatever yes they should have uh, well she should have said something it's not letting her speak they pretty much were giving her the opportunity yeah so they then go to Jen and say, uh, Mickey starts and says, I've seen very little progress this week. And the fact that you could stand on that runway today and like show no accountability for the work when you were the designer is like amazing to me, you know? And she goes, I think you've made a weak application towards every challenge, which I'm like, true, true, yeah. 100%. And Keith, now this is one of those cases where it's mean as fuck what he says. But like zero lies detected, he flat out goes, For me, you're the most pathetic. And all like tea. to be honest, all tea, all shade, it is all there. I don't give a fuck all if truth. there was additional context mm-hmm. that he couched that with. For me, that's all that needed to be said. And that's why that's all that needed to be shown. Keith also, in like a surprisingly very nice moment, goes to Becky because now they're on Becky goes it breaks my heart to see you down here but you have to be down here because the dress was bad and you were responsible for making it like which makes sense to everybody involved uh Becky then defends herself to the deans and is like you know I I was really weak I didn't stand up for myself and like you know I have to pay for it like that's why I'm down here and it makes sense so she basically just earned her ticket back to the crowd uh Monique asks you know like oh who did you think they were fooled by because she's like oh I let myself be fooled and Monique's like okay so who are you fooled by and Becky goes by Crystal and her false confidence (laughs) (laughs) she's like she told us she was this was going to be the winning outfit no matter what and I should have been more confident in myself than just letting her take over now this would have been a great time for somebody to bring up that even if she didn't want to be the model they should have pushed for her to be the designer yes Exactly. I mean, granted, she did end up being the creative director for all intents and purposes, and look how that worked out. So she may as well have been. But like, I don't know. I she just they fucked this up all the way. So Crystal in her talking head, uh, this was the stupidest part where she goes, I was probably the main designer on the dress, but of all the final decisions, a hundred percent came from Becky. How does that how does that work? Like, make that make sense to me because it's like I did all of the work, but Becky said it was fine. So Becky's Becky's a fault. She can't take any responsibility at all. None whatsoever. What a she's so whack. Uh, she goes, oh, but oh, Becky wanted to blame it on my selfishness. You did that to yourself. Yeah. So. Monique then says she's going to make a call that's not really part of the rules, which the way it pans out is like, I don't understand what she meant. So she gets out from behind like the little desk that all the deans are sitting at and uh, points to Becky and goes, okay, like you're safe. So Jen in her talking hand is like, I think it's bullshit that Becky gets to go back. And like, we had the same ideas going into the dress. I'm giving her way too much personality. Like we had the same <laughs> ideas going into the dress and like, I don't understand yeah, what she saw. Down, in- I don't understand what she saw in Becky that she didn't see in me. And it's like, uh, for starters, accountability, uh, some recognition that she fucked up. Uh, I literally have answers for you. Sis. Just like a voice. Like she has like no Right, she had opinions. They were bad ones, but shit, she was, like, involved, you know? 
so Monique asked Jen why she thinks that Crystal sh- I guess okay so I guess this is the part that she means is it part of the rules like she's like asking them why they think the other one should go home so she asked Jen why Crystal should go home and Jen is like I tried my best at every challenge and I was I was very good at the obstacle course and the etiquette even though Becky did win that and it's like it didn't help you like what and she's like for this challenge I was influenced by what other people were saying and Monique's like I asked you a very simple question and you are for some reason talking about yourself like you didn't answer the question that I gave you so then which actually helps Crystal out sort yes. of I know that's answer. what I thought too I was like well now Crystal's not going to talk about herself for the first time uh, well you. except except for the fact that she did Except for the fact yeah. that she does. So, like, I mean, if there was ever a person where, like, she, if there was ever a person that that competitive advantage wouldn't make a difference, it's the girl that literally cannot shut the fuck up about herself. So she then asked Crystal why Jen should go home. And Crystal's like, because Jen stepped up on nothing. She, like, made no major contributions, like, whatever. And then she goes on her whole me, 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 I, 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 where she's like, although I did not step up on being the model, I, like, deeply regret that. But, like, I did step up on other things. And Monique's like, this one is rough. But ultimately, she decides that Jen Jennifer is going to be expelled. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was relieved. But honestly, I was... <laughs> I honestly thought that, like, when Monique was like, I'm, I don't normally do this. Like, this is not rules. That she was going to send them both home. I was ready for Monique to be like, you know what? Double elimination. Fuck it. Like you, you both I just thought a little twist thing. I didn't think two people though. Well, I think they also. No, that does happen almost every show, every season. At some point, two people go home in one episode. Well. Because then they usually always keep everybody one episode. Yeah. There's yeah. usually one episode where they're like, we can't eliminate everyone. Has we can't eliminate anyone. Right. It's or like, happen. or usually, or, or it'll happen the other way around where everybody did so well, they need to keep someone so yeah. they can set up a double elimination the next week. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like they spent a lot of time during the episode setting. They did that a lot with like Heather, where like when they make you the prime, all the things you do wrong, the prime focus of the episode, you tend to be the one to go home just yeah. to create a narrative arc. But they kind of did that with Crystal. And I was, I was like thinking to myself, I mean, not to spoil how we usually end the show. Well, I'll, I'll save it. But <laughs> uh, Jen thanks, Mo- Jennifer thanks Monique for the opportunity. Uh, Monique thanks her back and wishes her the best. And Monique says in a talking head that she sent Jen home because she should have stepped up and said, let me take responsibility. I was one of the dress designers. She stayed in the back and said nothing. So Jen in her exit interview is fucking crying, saying she's in shock and I don't understand what just happens. She goes, I don't think I did anything wrong in this entire competition. Huh? You didn't do anything right. Right. Like at the very late, right? You didn't do shit. So hung around your smoke cigarettes. Right. That's about so uh Monique, they cut back to the actual elimination, and Monique points to Crystal and goes, Don't make me regret that. And Jen in her exit interview continued, and just as worse, she's like, I think Crystal, she like literally is doing like white woman tear voice, where she's like, I think Crystal is a selfish bitch, and she doesn't deserve any of the money because she ratted out a friend. Oh, good riddance to bad rubbish, bitch. Like, fuck you. Like, bye. 
So Monique dismisses them and Brooke gets a quick talking head where she's like, oh, seeing that Crystal is not opposed to backstabbing to get to the top makes me very scared. Okay, pot. Like, <laughs> me, like bitch, you are the epitome of that. You've been on 8,000 game shows. Like, no wonder you're fucking projecting all this shit onto her. Oh, yeah. She's like, even though she's my friend, you know, who knows if she's going to turn around and do it to me. She's not your friend, though, even though she's my friend. Okay. Like what? So um, as all the ladies are walking, uh, walking out of the room, Monique calls out to Dara and goes, hey, Dara, hang them curtains back up here on this damn window. Which, why should it be Dara? It should be motherfucking Crystal. Crystal, exactly. if anybody exactly. should be hanging, Crystal and Becky, hang those yes. shits back up. Hang them shits back up. Uh, the the credit scene is basically them just trying to tape take the tape off poor Dara and Dara just like just groaning in pain and exhaustion and Ugh. disappointment and just I just feel so terrible for her it just looks could you imagine taking all that tape off of your nipples of your stomach like no ugh. like I'm Italian so I'm like kind of hairy <laughs> so. Right? I like it's like imagine. I low-key have a happy trail so it's just like <laughs> so bad it would have just been it would have been a bad time right yes. it's just oh painful an unhappy time an unhappy <laughs> trail. uh so that's the whole episode oh my goodness uh so yeah in terms of does every is everybody satisfied with the decision i mean i guess it's pretty we'll never be satisfied yeah I crystal was, state it's all i care about i know I'm happy with uh, Jennifer going home. I mean, Jen should have gone home for a variety of she reasons. She should have gone home but... day one. She doesn't seem like she's ever there to do anything. She's just she's like, yeah, she's not a person. She's like a dead fish. If a dead fish was a person, it'd yeah. be her. She's a dead koi. Put her on the dress. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, she sucks. So, like I said, goodbye. Um. Oh, wait. Was I saying that before? That I was like... I was, I was, I, that's what I was going to say before is that I was going through the episode thinking it seems like they're really trying to set it up where we think that Crystal is going like that. Yeah. I, I went through most of the episode thinking that Crystal was going to go home, but then thinking to myself, literally anticipating this exact conversation and being like, you know, it should have been Jen, but it was Jen. So now I have nothing to say. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember who goes home next week, but. I don't remember Maybe. either, honestly. But it's like the, the, I, that's what I do like about most of reality TV shows is they set the characters or the contestants up with like three week arcs where it's yes. like, okay, you're gonna do bad, you're in the bottom, you kind of have, but if you don't hit redemption like that second or third week, your ass is gone. Yeah. Uh. So I mean, based on the preview for next week, it doesn't seem like Crystal is a large part, which gives me the impression that she's safe. Yay at least for next week um i don't know but i all i know is who wins so mike do you literally just like having her in the show because she's cute yeah yeah literally that's, that's why it. if, if last week's episode i he was only sad that uh, was, heather's the episode going, heather went home because he doesn't get to look at her anymore i walked in the bedroom and i was like damn that's upsetting well, i was and then i think yeah. i think you you walked because mike always does his notes before me so mm -hmm. he like walked in he's like damn and i'm like who went home crystal or heather <laughs> Like literally, I knew that that's she knew why it was, he was one of the two. Yeah. I knew that that's why he was upset. So that's all that. Oh my day. goodness, this was so much fun. This was yeah, so was I I loved this. Thank you so much for participating in this like three hour conversation. 
Oh my God. Are you, I knew, well, like I kind of knew it was going to be longer. I like that you guys do longer eps anyway. Oh good. I'm but glad. Both of your voices are pretty um, calming to me. So, oh, I, nice. so I, I basically bitches, what I'm trying to say is I put out a good chunk of time for you guys today. Cause I knew it was going to take a minute. Oh good. I'm so I know. And I'm so glad that it, I'm like, we went off on tangents, but it was worth every last second. There so. were, relatable tangents yeah as not to some of the usual. other ones we go off on yes. but you know it helps and to and I, else just, to in. I just noticed like in the past five minutes that mike is wearing an austin 316 shirt so there is my dad that's who definitely raised me growing up <laughs> <laughs> that's your jerry springer right yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so she- he totally is i uh i would i would do anything for him anything <laughs> Just smashes two beer cans together and chugs them to end the episode. <laughs> Although we can't put out video, but we can I know. try to record it and put out a gif of you doing it. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. So tell tell everybody where they can find you. Tell people more about Golden Trash, all that fun stuff. Plug away. Okay, yeah. Please follow me on Instagram. It is at Golden Trash. There is no vowels. And the at handle, so it's G-L-D-N-T-R-S-H. And I try to stay very inclusive when it comes to all body sizes and genders when it comes to clothing. So yeah, hit your group up. I try to stay very relevant. Um, You can follow me on my personal at Danielle's Modern Life, kind of like at Rocco's Modern Life. (laughs) And I'm on Twitter at Gab's Modern Life, so G-A-B-S Modern Life. Yeah, uh, I like had to pause because I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> um, basically, just follow my business page and help me make money. Um, this is yeah. like I run. It is a small business ran by one woman with the help of my man, but he don't count, so who cares? Um, <laughs> support my one woman business, please. I would yes. love that. Yeah, and thank I you know. guys so much for having me. I uh, oh my god, I can't wait for like honestly. Every time you guys start like a new show, I'm like. I can't wait for like what the next one's going to be. Oh my gosh. A rock of love is next. So it's going to be a very yeah. different kind of journey. Uh, woof. <laughs> yeah, We are actually, I feel like we are uh, like crossing. We're like hitting the, the cross path mark of uh, reality graveyard because they are about yeah. to start either charm school or flavor of love. So like we're about to start rock of love about probably when they're going to depending on how long this takes, like when they're probably finishing one of those two shows. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) But thank you so much for being here. We absolutely loved all of your contributions, your like fashion and your like critical intersectional feminism perspective. This is excellent. (laughs) This is like, you're like a perfect guest for this kind of thing. But uh, you can find the show um, at Rewind the Love Podcast on Facebook and at Rewind Love Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Sonia Marie Says on Twitter. I'm at Mr. Feeney519. I guess I'll try. This was our first guest of the season. I know. So, we, all of a sudden, right before we're about to start recording, he goes, oh, shit, I don't have a tagline. I normally have is, a line in the end. This is something. what he's working with right now. It's What's all right? Progress. So, Vic, Danielle, will you accept this pledge pin? Oh my god, I'd be honored. <laughs> I feel yeah, like yeah. now I have to get some made or something and like send them out. I know we have a lot. Of, we promise people a lot of merch. That, we do. Uh, 
Yeah, so again, uh, rate, review, subscribe, okay. tell friends who don't suck, five, five stars. stars. Mm. Also, like, reach out to us if you have boots on the ground stories, if you have ideas for our shoot the shit episode, because I realize I we suggested it with no concept but we're of it. Doing it soon. Yeah, we don't know what we're gonna be doing yet. So we tried it once. I know it we, it, we were it's drunk a drunken it was and a it was drunken disaster. Fun. It like, was <laughs> It was like was it 90s trivia. It was, it was it was 90s trivia, oh, which I may do again, but it was more just like Mike wasn't following the rules and it was. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like well, I, I would, I Mike would I, yell out the because I was like, I was, oh, we're going to wait for the for people at home to play and like be able to guess the answers. Yeah. And he'd just yell out the answer. And I'd be like, I get competitive, especially when I drink. I know. So, so I, I don't know. One, I had an, um, I had an idea that I think would yes. be really fun for you guys. Go for it. I think it would be really fun if, because I know, uh, Sonia, you haven't watched like a lot of movies and shit yeah. like that, especially the ones that Mike likes. Yeah. I think it would be really fun if you guys did like a play on black and white culture where you're showing Mike like all of this <laughs> black culture and uh, that he doesn't know about. And you're showing Sonia all this white culture that you don't know about and just talking about it and joking about it, I think would be just fucking hilarious. I, I, I love that idea. The only reason why that would fail is because <laughs> Mike may or may not have seen more black movies than yep. I have. <laughs> yep. Um, really? I know. I'm, the mixed, more, yes. the mixed, From that aspect of life, listen, I'm probably more the mixed girl with the white mom. Me and you were on the same page. Like, me and you are the exact same person when it comes to movies. And I knew we were the same person whenever you guys were talking. And this was a while ago. And you said, um, you're not Charles Barkley. You're just some wannabe who looks like him. Uh, yeah, yes. Okay. Well, I've seen Space Jam. I say that shit all the time. Like just out of nowhere, I'm like, you're just some wannabe who looks like him. Be gone, wannabe. That's what you do. No, I swear Be to God. Gone. Like I, uh, I don't. I don't we know. did that trivia. Th- the, well, number one, we did like a BuzzFeed test of like I think it was BuzzFeed. I don't know. Or it might have been. But also, time. we were going through um, this really excellent podcast I highly recommend too, called "Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood." And I was going through the movies that they've covered. Yeah, I've gone through the movies that they've covered, and I was like, "Haven't seen this. Haven't seen this. Haven't seen this in full. Seen parts of this, whatever." And Mike's like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "Well, while you I were busy that. watching all of these movies, I was busy dating." So. Sorry, <laughs> 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 yeah. Mike. I watched a lot of movies. That was me. Don't worry. I was busy. I wasn't alone. Thank you. Being popular. Sonia was being popular. She can't help. Listen, just during college and just because of the toga costumes. But anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll think of something. We'll think of we'll think of something. But that is an excellent suggestion. We may do like movie reviews anyway as a bonus Patreon, whatever. But anywho, thank you everybody for listening. If you if you stuck it out till this long, uh, we (laughs) we love you and thank you for listening. And bye bye bye.